Hey guys, 30 and Still Gaming here. I just want to let you know that if you have been enjoying these podcasts that we've been doing since May of 2015, you might like to support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain the future episodes. You can help us out as for little as 99 cents per month, $4.99 per month, or $9.99 per month. If you do the top tier one, we the creators get 13% more per dollar. Now, you do not have to donate anything at all. They're free and always will be free. Whether you watch us live on Mixer.com slash 30 and Still Gaming or later over at YouTube.com slash 30 and Still Gaming or listen to us right here on your favorite audio podcast platform. But if you have enjoyed at least even one of these episodes, you might want to help us out. The link is in the description below if you would like to support us. I do appreciate everyone listening and hope you enjoy the content we have been creating over the years and look forward to doing many more. Enjoy the show. And welcome back to another week, another episode of Generation X Gaming, a weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories from the past week, and we rant along the way. Joining me each and every single week is Sarge McCluskey. What's going on, bro? What a week. It's always a week. It's always, no, what a week. It's always a long week, and there's always new stories, and I'm never worried about not having topics to talk about on the show. <laughs> let's just talk. Let's just say that. Let's put it this way. If there were no topics at all, which is nigh impossible. But if there were no topics at all, we could talk about Destiny oh, yeah. for two for two hours. For like two hours easily. We do it almost fact, every week. We almost do it every matter, week. A, a matter of fact, we could probably rebuild the game from scratch. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So some of the topics on today, um, we're going to be talking about what games we've played. We're talking about Anthem's lead producer leaving. We've, we're talking about No Man's Sky Beyond just came out. Uh, we're going to talk about Disney. We're talking about Xbox. We're talking about uh, a couple Halo, Halo uh, news stories. We're going to be talking about Ninja. We're going to be talking about loot boxes. We're going to be talking about uh, uh, lawsuits, and then we're going to be talking about Destiny. Uh, we have these nice little little things that I've I've created at the bottom here, and I get to scroll through them. See that? Look at that! Look at that! I can scroll through them and have topics. Very fancy. We're getting very fancy on the show. Uh, it only took 181 episodes. I've been testing stuff out. Um, so if you're watching for the, for, for, for the very first time on Mixer.com slash 30 and Still Gaming, I'm 30 and Still Gaming. That's Sarge McCluskey. Weekly podcast, Thursday nights, 8 p.m. You can listen to us right here live every Thursday or after the fact on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor.fm, uh, all those different links. And also on our YouTube channel at 30 and Still Gaming. So... Let's get started. What have you been playing? What's what? What have you been playing? Well, I know it's Destiny. Well, let's see. I know it's playing, Destiny. I've been playing Destiny One. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that, right? We're not talking. Don't talk. Destiny Two. Let's not dive into. Let's not dive into the topics of Destiny. But let's talk about what about Destiny One, right? I'll, tr I'll try not to segue. So you, you jump back into Destiny One. We played last week after the podcast. We played the Vault of Glass. We formed it. Uh, for about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes, and then we got a fifth, and then we got through it in about another 45 minutes. So 
What it, what do you what do you like about it? What's what's bringing you back after all the three years that we bitched about it, and then we got Destiny Two. It was the grass is greener on the other side syndrome, and now we want to go back to D one. Because I think I know this, this probably this has been said already, probably on your podcast, even though I haven't been watching it in the last couple of days. I, I I believe that the end of Destiny one was the best it ever was at year three. At, yeah, at year three yeah. was the best that it ever was, and we were just waiting for it to go f- from there. From that, right, right. From that, that was like th- th- on, right. And instead, they threw a hand grenade. So what? What do you? What did you? What do you like about Destiny One? Like when you when you go back and play it right now, and you want to go do stuff, right? We we did the uh, the brother mission. What, what what are they called again? The Bash Brothers. Are they called the Bash Brothers? That's what we call them. That's what we call. But what they. That's what we call them. It's just a, it's the, the shield brothers. That's what the it is. Shield brothers. Yeah, the yeah shield we brothers. call them the batch brothers. So, what is it about it that you just got something done after four years? Yeah. The other day, got the chaperone shotgun. Right. From Amanda Holiday. Right. Yeah, but, yeah, but you have to understand, it wasn't for me from lack of trying. Like I would do the hard oh, strike. Yeah. I would do the hard strike a couple times a week during the heyday of Destiny One. The problem is is that you have to kill both guys with a shotgun and everybody's just shooting with right. whatever. So unless your whole fire team is your friends and you're saying, hey, I got to kill these guys with a shotgun, can you guys just put bubbles everywhere so I can live? Like we did that night, we did it in one shot. Right, it was one shot. It, it, did, it, it, wasn't even, it wasn't even like sweaty. In the beginning, we got in there and you're like, oh, I'm going to go cheese it in this corner here. Right, and then we just kind of oh, just—it wasn't cheese. No, it was no, the just crotch, like, it was the crotch shot. Yeah, the crotch yeah. shot where you stay behind the little bear. Right, we did the bubbles. Right, and it was like super simple. Every time we got to just pop the bubble, tighten bubble, boom, done. <clears throat> yeah, bubbles. We just fox, fox. We just blew yeah. bubbles. We got our little wands out and we started blowing bubbles. Yeah. We did bubblelicious. Fox we doesn't did. play video games, so she's confused, so, and she's actually she, literally she's asking. A woman of a gamer, yeah, yeah. so she knows. No, she doesn't. Honest to God. She always she's always asking questions because she doesn't know anything about when we use expressions. She doesn't understand what that is, so that's why she's asking. Yeah, yeah. The tiny bubbles. You just pull it out and go. Whoop. That's what we I'll do. I'll tell you what. The this I'll, I'll be I'll be I'll try to be as eloquently as possible. So they streamlined the game by year three to where the routines that you were doing were automatic and they weren't tedious and yet they were fun. But I will say at the very end of that, they are a little boring because you found the groove. Right. Once you found the groove, there's no deviation from it. And so over time, it becomes tedious because it's, it is truly repetitive. Right. There's no challenge because you know what to do. Right. Right. I think right. I, I, I would have loved if Destiny Year 3 moved over and it was the foundation of Destiny 2. But then they just imploded it and started over. And there's just certain things like what if what if Destiny Two Year Three is we weren't we no no we're, 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 we're not segue I'm just saying if 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 it Destiny Two Year Three as is good at the end of Destiny One Year Three do you think they'll keep that pan- foundation no, no or do you think they're gonna Im- do you think they're gonna they, implode that they as well they implode you think they will I mean I, I, at this point anything's possible. But I think that because of the position that Bungie is in currently, that they have to keep something stable in order for them to build. If they try to press the reset button again in the middle of them trying to get together a better community pool, 
by offering new light and year one for free plus the two DLCs. Right. I think would hurt them. Right. Yeah. Like you can't you can't give somebody the game year two, have them all come in, and then as soon as they start getting used to it, you implode the whole game. I don't know, Hunter. Do you think it will be another reset? I mean, if you think about it, they've deleted something from us every year in Destiny. They've taken something away from us and then given it back, right? In 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 D one during Dark Below, they got rid of exotics and you had to redo the exotics. Remember that? I don't know if anyone remembers that, right? Then there was a reset again for Taken King because they changed something, and then they did the weapon. Uh, the weapon, uh, the spring update, and then that reset the weapon thing. And then there was <clears throat> uh, the Rise of Iron, and then from Rise of Iron to Destiny, they took our light away from us, right? And now they're taking this armor away from us. They've always taken something away from us. We'll get into that more uh, as we go on for topics. Was there any other game that you played this week, Sarge? Just a little bit? Like, is there something you go... I know you said you bought um, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Have you Have you started playing that yet? I got one and two. Okay. And how much did you pay for that? Uh twelve fifty. Fifteen bucks. Twelve fifty for both? Or Yeah, it was like twenty bucks for oh, both. Oh, for both. <clears throat> now you've you beat them before, yeah. You played them before. Well, I know you're gonna think I'm crazy, but I beat the first one twice. Once as good, once as bad, and as I started to play the second one, other things happened girlfriend oh right or job or something it was... and i never i never got to play it i never got to play the second one and then when i got back into wanting to play a star wars game that's when knights of the old republic came out and then i played that right right and then then everyone cried that it was trying to copy wow and everyone cried and they fucked that up yeah that that game took a while to get in good graces. It took about three years before people were like, ah, oh, this is pretty good. It's actually a pretty good game. I haven't played it in years, but it's actually pretty good. The the, the inner workings of a, of a MMO or shared world shooter are very complex. Being pretty and game mechanics are essential in, in making people want to keep playing because it feels so good. That is paramount. Right. But the long-term viability of that type of game the layers of the onion and the complexity challenge within the game have to be at a level where people are interested in learning what it is. Now, Bungie has this in Destiny 2, but they're in small doses, like those exotic quests, like Breakneck Prime, like the things that you have to do to get it or figure it out how to get it. Like those mysteries are like little micro steps and what the whole game should be. I still think that there's probably seven or eight guys that they do powwows with in the room, and they decide what they're going to try this season. And like they all pitch Luke or whoever else is in charge, and they say, we want to do this. And then they go, okay, let's try this. Well, I think they could do that more now than they could when they were with Activision. No, no, but that's what it is. Because you, if you notice... It's always something different. There's There are things that stay the same throughout the seasons, but then there's always something different. Like they're trying something different. They, they, don't, they, they don't have the core of what they all agree on and we move forward. 
Right. It's still a juggle between these things, which is why I will always hold the flag of this is an ever-changing game, literally. Right. I like how – see, it always comes back to Destiny. We were talking about Star Wars there for a second. And Star Wars I don't – yeah, but, brings I, it, brings but it that's back. how it is. Brings but it back. That's how it is. Um, <clears throat> if, there, if, if, if there was a Destiny version of this, okay, game of the year. Oh, yeah. Game of the year. Yeah. Well, we'll 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 talk we'll we'll talk about that a little bit actually later Amen. in the show. Uh, one of the topics is we're talking about No Man's Sky, and that's one of the games I've been playing. So we're, we're going to bring that up. So No Man's Sky Beyond uh, came out yesterday. It seems like it came out a while ago, but it came out yesterday. Talking about Beyond, like Anthem Beyond. It's called No or... Man's Sky Beyond. It's this. It's this. Uh, oh, I thought you were talking about the other name for Anthem. No, I got no, no, you. no, no. It's called right. No, that's true. Anthem was called Beyond. That was his original name. That's why I thought, never mind. Yeah, that was his original name. But no, this is No Man's Sky Beyond. Um, I love No Man's Sky. I When I first... It, we first heard about No Man's Sky in 2013, right? And then we always kind of heard it and we're like, when is this fucking game coming out? Right? And then it finally came out and we all know what happened when it came out in 2016. It came out August 9th, 2016. Uh, and it, it was in shambles then, right? People liked it. I liked it. I played it for 250 hours on my PC. Uh, version of it and then uh put it down didn't touch it for like a year and then or a year and a half almost and then all of a sudden boom they announced it's coming out for xbox and then i picked it up for xbox last summer for the expansion no man's sky next which was phenomenal i thought it was a fantastic uh uh rebranding of of what it was and if if it launched in 2016 like it did in 2018 we wouldn't have any of these talks about him being a liar and all this other stuff, right? We've all we've all talked about it in the past. They've added so much stuff. Let me let me bring up. I, I can't even tell you. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try to glance over what they what they brought in uh, to No Man's Sky. <clears throat> the uh, the release logs and they've just there was major problems when it launched yesterday for Beyond, right? Major problems since yesterday, right? Remember, Hello Games is less than 20 people working for the company, right? Tw less than 20, right? There's, there's no blockheads. He's still attacking you. Um, there's less than 20 people working for the company, but yet they, they were launched yesterday, and then they patched it three patches today. Three. 2.04, 2.05, 2.06. Within an hour of each other, they went pop, 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 and, and released so many fixes uh for this well, maybe maybe they knew maybe they knew ahead of time they just knew and they were working on it you know i whatever they're doing they're doing a fantastic job especially as a as a small as a small company so uh what did they introduce in 2.0 um they've introduced bigger worlds they've introduced virtual reality uh when i say bigger worlds i'm sorry uh bigger servers so basically on pc it went from uh if i'm not mistaken multiplayer went from went from four people you could be on the thing with four different people up to 32 on the pc Ooh. right now console is a little disappointing it went from four people to eight people right now we don't know how to do this right because last night there was four of us playing together and then someone else tried to join us and they couldn't join us what i think needs to happen is you like separate or you have to find them on the planet like you know the coordinates and you tell them to come by and then eight people could be on the screen at one time working on something right so you give permission and stuff like that not really too sure how it works, but uh, 
I played it last night and today uh, on on Xbox. And last night after I got off stream, I put on No Man's Sky on my PC and played it for a little bit. Man, it's so much better on the PC. Just graphically, the way it works, everything. It's just, it course. feels so good. Watching some people play it in VR, it looks phenomenal. Like, I want to grab the controller. Like, like in your, in, when you're in the cockpit of the, of the vehicle, right, you see the handles, and they made those. They redesigned the inside, the interiors of every vehicle. They've expanded the vehicle. They made it bigger because of VR. VR. Right? So they reworked everything. It looks phenomenal, right? It looks phenomenal. Um, it still has its issues, right? Don't get me wrong. It's still got its issues. Uh, they've added new story missions. They've added new materials. They've added new races. They've added new mechanics in the game. They've added new... Before, you could only hold like 250 like per slot or whatever it was um, in your backpack. Now you can hold up. If you really wanted to, you could take one resource and hold 10,000 resources in your backpack in that one slot if you really wanted to. Like if you need a copper, you could have 10,000 copper in your backpack if you want now. Well, well let me ask you this then. It, since, since Hello Games is a small studio of like maybe 14, 20 people, something like that, right? They're, they're a small group. If if they don't have any microtransactions inside the game, zero, yeah, right. If they don't have any of that in the game, my question to you is, why are they working so diligently trying to fix the game that's already been out for three years? <clears throat> well, this is what I've always said. If you make a good game or you make a game that's interesting for people to buy, right? That's how you make your money. So, for instance, they came out in 2016. They made great sales. I think they got rushed. They didn't have the money to continue working on stuff. The initial sales that they got helped them work and, and and kept going then when they released next right and they released it on xbox an increase of money came into their their studio because a shit ton of people bought it uh bought it for xbox okay then more people bought it on on pc because they're like oh no man's sky is what it was supposed to be when it launched two years ago so they picked it up on pc now they did it again with vr right so if you already owned it it's free to you, VR, and then other people that have VR but didn't own No Man's Sky now purchase No Man's Sky, right? Perfect example, last night, Milt, Uncle Milt, right? He watched me play it for like 10 minutes, was like, is it good? I was like, yeah, it's a little buggy, but it's a fun game to play. Bought it, just like that, right? So, and he got it on sale. So right now it's on sale for like 35 bucks, right? That's another thing. Halo games is like, lower the price the first week. It's hyped right now. People are like, should I buy a $60 game? No. Should I buy a $35 game or a $30 game? Yeah. They buy the $30 game, now they have it. So there's this influx of cash that's happening, right? Well, Every time they come out with an update. Now, if, right. if the update brings the people in, and then more people are like, oh, I see someone playing it, they're going to do an influx of, of, of money coming in. I don't know if they're going to... Ex- At this point, if Hello Games decided the next update was paid DLC, and people liked what they played, they'll pay for that DLC, Right. They'll pay for that DLC and they'll get an influx of money. This is how this is how companies used to work in the past, right? They just right. released you it, it. You make a game. You make a game, and, and that was it. That's it. That's it. And the idea, the idea, the original idea was make the game and build up a following. And yeah. if they like it enough, then yeah. they're going to buy your next and one. You'll have people and buy your game. A larger audience will buy your next one because your friends will be telling your other friends about it. Right. 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 So, I was just curious because to, to me, after three years. I, 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 maybe it's just because of the, the variables in this equation work out in their favor. They don't have a big studio, so they're in, they're 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 um, well. They're also not signing their books, checks. Their books are low. Right. right. They're their also books not are low. right. They're not signing and 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 driving Lamborghini Diablos. Right. Right. I, inve- I don't know what they're doing. They're investing their money is, back in the company. 
Right. All I know is, is that these 14, 20 guys are vested in making the game that was rushed out in a shambles, trying to repair the damage of their credibility. That's what I see happening. Otherwise, I don't see why anyone would continue trying to fix the game after three years. I think I think with next, I don't even think they're a meme anymore, Tally. I, I, I think you're right. They're trying to get towards not being a meme anymore. But I think they had some help from Anthem and from Fallout 76. Those games came out. They kind of took the attention away from this type of game, right? Right. What these guys are doing now, giving free updates like this all the time, right? There's there's a whole store in the in the in the thing that you don't have to pay, and it's extra stuff that you do in game to get cosmetic stuff in the game. Cosmetic stuff in game to decorate your house and to, and your character, and you don't have to pay any microtransactions imagine that people no microtransactions and you can actually decorate your house for no more than just playing with the game that they gave you right here's a company that is not charging a dime three years after launch for anything in their in their update meanwhile we have people going well division has to have microtransactions uh destiny has to have microtransactions Fortnite has to have microtransactions. All these companies have to. They can't survive without it. Meanwhile, No Man's Sky, right? And I know it's different, right? 14 to 20 people is a lot different than 800 to 1,000 people. I get it. It's also different because Destiny's selling 10 million copies and No Man's Sky is selling 2 million copies, right? They're, that That's the difference, right? That's the difference. More stuff in the game that they're adding, right? The ambient encounters to explorers now represent a full character model. So they went back. You can wave to like NPCs and they'll interact with you to make you feel more uh, like the, the things are alive. Uh, there's new a new social hub. Uh, he even calls it a fire team. Like you can go on four man missions now, and it's you're you're with four groups. You can't have an eight man group. You can only have a four-man group and a four-man group, and you can work together or whatever. Can you have a blue-man group? You can have a blue-man group. Yes, you can, because you can change the color of, of what you want. And that's another thing. You can change your race anytime you want. It doesn't cost you anything. No microtransactions. No loot boxes. Nothing like that. It's in the game. It's in the game. Um, they've also done don't, a... Don't, don't, don't start saying EA's catchphrase to me. <laughs> I don't want to hear that shit. It's in the loot box. That's their new, their new slogan. Um, there's also a thing inside the game... Uh, let me bring it up if I can. Right here. Uh, inside the game, there's a hub inside the Nexus. Anybody that's in your group or that uploads their, their thing to the web, you can actually check out people's bases through the Nexus, which is pretty cool. There's a giant portal you walk up to. You can click on it, and then these boxes show up, and you can start uh, trying to go to other people's planets, check them out, be social, trade, do whatever. Pretty cool, right? So that's that's uh, one of the cool things they've they've added to the thing. Um, yeah, full blue man group. We should all of it. Do you also. think? Do you think that they're trying to go for a a small cohesive group of hardcore players that actually enjoy No Man's Sky before they put in some type of microtransaction thing? Like, because like, just it's just the way that the market is going for me to understand this is that there's no possible way to have this giant group with all these games trying to do the same type of game. If you're an MMO or multi, uh, a multi-player uh, shooter, looter shooter, like where these games where you have a lot of people playing the same game. Now, if you're vested in these games, you're playing for hours and hours a week. 
Yeah. Right. Maybe you play another game during the week. Like maybe you have other games that you play, but the your your the majority of your time is going to be spent playing this game. Right. And so, how many of this game does everybody have to where <laughs> the you, you have enough people to support that game? Well, Sean said it in the very beginning. He's not making a game for the mass media, right? Like the mass population. He's making a game because he loves fantasy. He loves the the sci-fi. Is he sticking to that though? Yeah, he's still. Is that? Is that, yeah. is that I, I mean, I think as an I and I'm I'm speaking for him, not but not for him. I, I, I'm on his side. He's an artist. He wants right. to create. Well, that's something. what I was about he to say. Wants, he wants to see who likes his, his art. His integrity, I think, is a big part here. Like he's sticking to his guns. And I think all those free updates and stuff are because his vision wasn't met yet, right? Remember Peter Molyneux, Peter Molyneux, Molyneux right? Where he did, uh, was it Lions, Lions, um, not Lions Gate, Lions Head Studios when they did Fable? Like he would come out and say all these things of what his game was going to have. And you could have intimate relationships and do this and you can world and have families and do all this and grow the... And none of that happened inside Fable, any of the Fables. We're like, oh, it didn't happen in Fable 2, it'll happen in Fable 3. Oh, it didn't happen in Fable 3. When Fable 4 comes out, it's going to... He never lived up to his the, the expectations that he set for himself, right? And I think Sean Murray, when he was talking about this game, his vision for this game is what it is now. But when they were with Sony, Sony was pushing him doing this, and he's like, we don't have time, we don't have this. And you could just tell the way he talks now in front of people and when he talked back then to people he's a completely different person right completely different person because now i believe he actually feels good like this is what he made this is the art that he wanted to complete this is the vision that he had for his game now three years after the fact when they launched when they weren't ready and they were told they had to launch because they had an exclusive deal with sony right they had that they had that deal so I think now he's really passionate and talks about it like, this is my project, right? People love it. And I have to tell you, the community, everyone thinks this game is like dead. I'm only, a, a, I have my, my foot in the door. Yeah, but it's not, it's not dead in the sense no. of it's actually dead. It's the, if it's the, it's the media. The and community the, is and the, very right, good. It's the, it's the talking points between the community about it. Right. Like if it's not mainstream, it doesn't have something major going on, then the game is dead. Look. Right. It, any game any game that you're not talking about right now, like right this second, if somebody didn't get a tweet on their phone right now about a game, if you didn't hear about it in 24 hours, like, well, that game's dead. Nobody's talking about it. That's why— like, Rage 2. Is a game dead? Is Rage 2 dead? I, see, this is why I use the analogy of sports teams, right? Like, season ticket holders are your diehard fans. Even if your team sucks, right, you have your hardcore fans, right? If you do this analogy, if a team sucks, is it dead? Is the Cleveland Browns dead? Right? Are they they're, they're just not around? They just don't exist? No. There's a hardcore base, and every time football season starts, the hardcore fans of that team come out. Right? Same with the Mets. Right? I'm a Mets fan. Right? The hardcore people come out, and every year we get disappointed. Every year, was your team dead? No. They just they're still there. You're, the hardcore people love it, and that's any game, any game. Right? Even even like Titanfall. Titanfall's dead, but there's a, there's a there's a huge community behind Titanfall that would love to see respawn make another Titanfall. Right? And give it love, give it the love it deserves. Borderlands is like, oh, no one likes Borderlands. I never played Borderlands, but there's a huge underground following, and now it's mass media following of Borderlands series, right? It went to the next next uh, thing 10 years later. I think with No Man's Sky, their, their core audience is there, right? Their core audience is there. Uh, and just because you don't play it, and you're like, well, is that game still, still going? Same with Anthem. Same with Fallout. Everyone makes fun of Fallout 76, and the people that make fun of Fallout 76 haven't played 
Fallout 76. They watched YouTubers talk about it. They've seen articles written about it. But when you actually play Fallout 76, it's a fun game. And there's a stop huge trying, there's a huge community. I'm not trying to sell stop, you. I'm just talking stop about trying to sell me. Right? There's just a huge there's a huge community in there that plays the game, right? PC and and console. So I think No Man's Sky is in the same same vein. I'm going to bring up some more footage of the, of the stuff. So what they did here, okay, they they have uh, technological trees. Before you would have to talk to these like guys and then they would you have to do missions for them and stuff. Now they've simplified it where there's these um uh what are they called Tec um technology uh technology something. I forget what they what they're called. But um you have these, okay? Uh, modules. Thank you, Brain. And you have to go dig them up on the planets, right? So think about the, the process here, right? So there's a planet in front of you. You're like, why should I go down there? You're like, oh, well, I need to fuel my ship, so I'm going to go down on the planet. And when I'm on this planet, I'll, I'll fuel my ship. I'll build some things. I'll, I'll scan some items. And you're like, oh, there's technological things I can, I can dig up. And if I dig them up, they're worth a lot of money if you want to sell them. Or you keep them. And, like, if you look at this right here, it takes 185 or 85 or 120 to unlock that particular thing for your ship, for your for your exosuit, for your house, whatever you want to unlock. So you constantly are doing the same thing. It's kind of a repetitive thing. You're doing it. There's point behind it. What's the what's the reason? Uh, everything has a purpose in this game, right? So there's a technological specialties that you can do. There's new uh, freighter and frigate technologies that you can do. There's uh, Gameplay balances they've put in. Uh, they've redesigned a lot of the ships, like I said. There's a couple of errors that happen. Um, that you, like There's clipping and stuff, which kind of bugs me. The discovery page is completely overhauled. So you can actually see the planets now and like all the planets in that solar system. And you can see all the animals and they give you nice descriptions of each thing. Uh, so that's pretty cool. There's planetary charts. Like an, actual, like an actual scanning of the system. Yeah. There's planetary charts that you can do. Uh, the galaxy map has changed. Um... Uh, the virtuality user interface is completely overhauled. So now, so now, basically, this is like a this is like a smaller, more streamlined version of Star Citizen, and it's actually out. Right, it's fully fledged out. Right. Well, th well, Star Citizen came out the same time as this, and actually earlier, and it's been out for like seven years. Right. So, yeah, Star Citizen is not out yet. It's still it's in beta. alpha and beta. Yeah. Well, wait, whatever. Well, what's the I get it. what's the difference uh, with this game? It was in alpha and beta, basically, even no, though it well, launched. Well, what I'm saying is it's the same type of exploration thing you can like you, you said yourself before you, you get a ship then you could like create like merchant lanes have yeah, a few trade, ships, trade depots and trade stuff routes, like that yep, yep. that kind of thing yep so it's just a different graphical interpretation of star citizen just not as detailed right as 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 brain says you can tame animals now and milk them right there's like there's food inside the world now there's machines that you can build and make like um like a an actual industrial type thing that you can do. Uh, they've worked uh, with the actual builds. Like before on the Xbox, I haven't built a big thing yet. But supposedly on the Xbox now, when you build, it's not going to lock up when you have a big structure. Um, that's why they didn't make 32 players on the on the thing. Otherwise, it would, it would lock up. Um, there's new alien languages. You can ride creatures, which is nice because if you can't have the technology to make the, the actual vehicles, you can learn to tame an animal tame that animal, and then ride that animal so you get from point A to point B. There's creature harvesting. There's cooking and recipes now. 
There's uh, what else? Are, are all these products are all these products sellable on an open market someplace? Can you, like can you hoard these items and like actually sell them to yeah, somebody else? Yeah, there's a there's a or market is it only for your own inventory for your own needs. No, there's a market that you can sell to the NPCs. Like that's why you make the trade routes and stuff. There's also power. The power thing is really complicated. It's like a a harder redstone than it was in Minecraft, right? Like that's what I get from this from the power thing. It's actually pretty cool. If you build if you build a solar panel, the solar panel only takes power in during the day. At night it shuts it, it closes and doesn't take any power. And so to keep it going still, still detailed. Right. So to keep it going, you have to build a battery pack. So once it once it fully charges, then it, it feeds the battery pack. So at night you still have stuff that can charge your farm because once you have to keep refueling it. And if you don't refuel it, then your crops die or your teleporter shuts down. Oh, that's, that's, or, a, that's a lot of, that's a lot of maintenance. Right. So you have to build it up to a point where the solar panels are the ones taking the, the brunt force and you have battery packs for each thing and you have to power all the buildings, all the buildings you have to power. So it tells you what your input is and what your output is. And you have to try to match it. It's a little, it's a little daunting right now. Uh, but as you can tell, you can put light boxes and different things, so you can make different, different arrays of of you know people get pretty, pretty decent way of doing stuff. You see, they're getting they're getting getting pretty creative. Um, they optimize it. There's improved base building, so that's nice. They've added a lot more stuff, switches, industrial base building. You can do that as well. Um, and then the starship, if you can tell here. See, look at the difference. This is what it used to look like. And this is what it looks like now, right? And my only pet peeve with this is I wish they put some hands and stuff there to, like, look. Because I, I don't know. When I play a game like this, I fantasize that I'm the character, obviously. And for, for, for VR, obviously, they do do that, right? You see the hands grabbing the stuff. Because if you look at the side, I don't, you can't see it. There's actual handle when you play VR that you have to put your hand in to open up the hatch, right? There's like different things that you have to do to touch it. And it, it gives you that extra, uh, it, you know what I mean? So it's pretty cool. Yeah. You can see that the hatch right there a little bit. If you look at the VR, there's a little green, green thing right there that you have to actually grab and, and pull open. So they've done a really good job there. And as you can tell, the ships have completely changed, right? So they've, they've made them larger because the cockpits had to get bigger and they put more detail uh, with the ships as well. Right, so they've they've expanded them, so it's pretty cool. Um, there's just there's just really cool things, like to pull the thing off your back. You have to do this and pull it actually off your back to get your weapons and stuff off your back and stuff like that uh, through VR. I think it's a really cool thing. There's first person, uh, but I think it's only for PC and I think it's only for VR. I can't find the first person view uh, unless they didn't put it in for the Xbox right now. Um, but I've noticed going first person in Xbox, the rendering is not struggling as much. So there's a lot of stuff there. Uh, there's graphic options, expanded control support. Uh, you can sit now, which is not really a big thing, but it kind of is, right? If you're a No Man's Sky person, you're like, you're like, I wish I could sit in the chair. And now you can, right? So now you can. So there's a lot of little things they've completed, a lot of uh, big things they've added. The main thing what they've done is they've released super patches fast to fix a lot of the problems. So one of the things that happened to me yesterday, I'm in a, we just started about an hour and a half into the thing. I went into a space station with Brain. We walked up to a vendor and all of a sudden I fell through the map. I fell through the, the space station. I'm in the middle of the space station. I'm like, oh, 
well, this is not very good, right? So I'm like, I can't get out. I tried every way to get out. I couldn't get out. So I walked over to underneath my ship and then jumped up in the air and hit X and it shot me up into the ship. I was still glitched out. So the space station wasn't forming around me. And then all of a sudden it, it brought my ship down to where I was instead of where it, where it was. So instead of me being above it, the ship came down below where I was. So it was inside the space station and then just started like eh, 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 red alert, red alert, and it blew up. And then I died. And then when I spawned, because I was spawning inside the space station, the game couldn't tell where I was or get my stuff together that I lost. So every time I loaded, I came back into the space station, it just froze. It just froze there and it said loading and it wouldn't move. It was completely corrupt. Completely corrupt file, couldn't do anything. And I was like, well, that sucks. That's two hours. I was glad it happened at two hours, not 150 hours. Because, uh, and then today I had a situation, or was that last night? Last night I had a situation where I logged out for a second. And when I logged back in, so we were in a galaxy 790, 790,000 light years away from the center of the galaxy. All of a sudden, uh, what happened? Did I die, Brain? I forget if I died or if I got disconnected, but when I went to join Brain again, it brought me back into a galaxy that was only 10,000 miles from the center of the universe, and I was 690,000 away from the people that I was with. And I was like, well, how the fuck did I get here? So there's little errors that are happening in the game right now that you're like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. It happened to Duplis as well. So it's sending me to... It's sending me to this galaxy that's 10,000 miles away. Now, think about this. I saw other people there with bigger ships. Think about this. For three years, I didn't see anybody else in the game. Nobody else in the game. Like, it was impossible to meet anybody else in the game. I got warped to a different galaxy that was only 10,000 light years away, which is, I could, that's one jump if you have a freighter that can do it, right? I saw three separate people that were there. And they had higher level ships, like S-class ships. And I was like, have they been playing the game for this this long three years and they just happened to make it to 10,000 light years closer? Or did they get the glitch too and then join? It was just amazing to me that I saw somebody else. And I was like, wait, I'm seeing three separate people? I was like, I've never seen anybody in this game. So I thought that was pretty neat. Um, I thank, thank God I got back to my where the rest of my gang was to get back there. And now if I want, I can go travel... 10,000 miles away so to the center of the well, universe. The, it seems to me that the, the, the processes in the game, the way that you're allowed to, like, I can see how could he exponentially get out of hand. Like, can you make your own buildings and make your own towns with other people? Yes. Like, if, well, I, supposedly. Like if, I, yes. Like if I build my own landing pad and I build, like, a, a trade center and it happens to be next to an area where there's a lot of minerals of a particular mineral, right, and I mark it, then somebody else finds the planet, finds as a station near this pile of mineral that also is a trading station and then he builds his own thing there and so like you start can building, you build yeah. cities that way like potentially like, yes like that, you that's could that's how that's how my mind works like that's how that's how i look at sci-fi games like this if it's if everything's from scratch and you can build whatever you want then if that means that i run into somebody we ended up talking and in game or like well what are you doing and like, what do i'm doing like why don't we start a thing here well, and then we'll work together to go to get to another area. Well, technically, in Xbox, you could do that, right? Like, if I wanted to build a city, let's say me, Brain, Duplis, and First, we're all building this, and, and Tweak, we're all building a, a place on this one planet. We're all close to each other. We all build a little town up. It would show our points on the map. So if everyone, anyone ever came to that galaxy, they would see our point on the map and be like, oh, let me go check that out. 
and then you, they can visit. So can you see? Can you see somebody from as far away as you possible? Just that somebody's on the map, or just in the same system as you? Same system as you. You can see the person that comes in. Now, I'm using I'm using Star Wars terminology here. When I say system, I mean solar system, not so, planet. Correct, solar system. So solar if system. I'm playing with my buddies, I can see them in the same solar system as me. If okay. I don't see them in the solar system, they can go to a different galaxy. I can't see them, but I can see them if as long as they're in the same solar system as me. So if, this is what they're saying about eight people. So if, if four of us are in a group and we're on a planet, and then four random other people happen to come into our galaxy, eight of us can be in the same solar system on console at the same time. So if you happen to find the galaxy that I'm in and you have a group of four, you can come to our galaxy. We can fight. We can hang out together. We can do whatever. On, on the PC, it's 32 people. So 32 people can be in the same system at the same time. Right, so you could be on the same planet, same base, whatever. Can you make can you make defensive weapons? Can you make <clears throat> do your ships fire at other people automatically, or do you have to control everything? I'm not sure. I think you have to control. Like I, I can hurt my teammates if I want to. Right, you control your teammates if you yeah, want to. It, besides the creatures that defend the planets and they attack you, is there ways of you setting up like defensive guns to defend your? I don't base? think if people want to try to steal stuff from your little mission. I think well, I think you can make your fleet up in the orbit. They can protect you, but I'm not too sure. I have never gotten that far within because my, Sky. my brain goes all over the place. If I start, if I just start talking about stuff, yeah, like it, this, it's pretty cool. And now on Nexus, on consoles, there could be up to 16 people inside the Nexus, I believe. And on console or on PC, I believe it's 64 in the Nexus, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, you could be invaded by other players anytime. Like if I have a base, people could come to your base and just start shooting you if they wanted to. They absolutely 100% could do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's No Man's Sky. I'm looking forward to playing it. I, I really do like it. It's very relaxing. But at the same time, like, I just passed a little curve where I'm not dying every time I, like, walk not, or close to dying. Like, when I'm walking around the planet now, now I have a, a bolt caster. Today, I was very productive. I updated, I upgraded my pack for four slots, <laughs> right? I upgraded my car, my technological spots by two. I got a new ship. I got a freighter. Uh, I did a lot today, right? And and that's what I like about this game. Every time you come on, you're you're exponentially doing something to down the road to do something. If you're if you're gathering resources, the next time you come on, you're building something. Like there's just a lot to do. There's you can't join No Man's Sky and go. Oh, I'm bored. I got nothing to do. If if you're like that, that game is not for you. Yes, yes, but is it but is it grindy? Oh, it's definitely grindy. Like to the point of. Like, if you don't know what you're doing, you're refueling your ship every every five minutes. You're refueling your gun every two minutes. You're you're like, oh, I'm out of I'm out of fuel cells. I have to get this stuff. And it, you're constantly doing it until you understand the way the mats and what to keep on you. That's why the most important thing to do when you first start No Man's Sky is to upgrade your backpacks. So gather a bunch of resources, sell as much as you can, have cash on you, and then go to station after station. Join people, random people, your friends, go to different systems, go to the space station. It goes 1,000, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000. Every time you buy, it goes up by 10,000. So by the time you fill up your whole thing, you're spending a million dollars unlocking a, a pack. Or you can go find them out in the world by doing a little bit more work, right? So you can do that stuff. I just sell stuff, get it, and then buy it. That's what I do. But you need more space. You want more space so you can gather more stuff. You gather more stuff. You can sell more stuff and so on and so and so on, right? So I paid I paid three thousand or two thousand or two million. I paid two million dollars for a ship today to upgrade my ship, right? And now I just gotta 
a bolt caster or actually a, a mining tool, right? That has 22 slots or 24 slots. 20 of them are broke. It's going to cost me about a million dollars to fix it. Okay. To, to get the resources and stuff. These sound, these sound like NASA prices. Yeah. It's, 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 it's fun though. It's fun. It's definitely, uh, it's got a huge learning curve in the beginning. It's like this. Right? It's like, ah, and then once you, it starts to level out, you're like, oh, okay, and then it's maintained. Then it does a nice little, little diagonal. Sure, sure it does. It does. It does. It's very good. Very good. All right. So after No Man's Sky, I want to talk about, uh, I don't want to talk about Anthem itself. I want to talk please about, don't, please don't. I want to talk about, um, where is it? That game's dead. There it is right there. Anthem lead producer leaves Bioware, uh, for a new company. Say it isn't so. Let me bring up the story here. Uh, the Anthem. Say it isn't so. Yeah, it is so. So the poor guy. I, I mean, you dig your own grave. But uh, Ben Irving, uh, this, com this comes from GameSpot, lead producer. Ben Irving, the lead producer of Bioware's action RPG Anthem, has announced he's leaving the company. Uh, announced he's leaving the company in a statement on Twitter. Now, it's, it's a shame that he announced it today because... Luke Smith came out with the director's cut. And no one really paid attention to the Anthem guy. Uh, in a statement, uh, Irvin said that he uh, has accepted a position with another company and that the game is, still has a bright future under current leadership. It's never, sure it it's never a good sign sure when, when you, multiple you people listen, leave. Listen, you, don't leave <laughs> exactly. you don't leave a company. You don't leave a company right. and say it has a bright future. If it has a bright future, you'd be there. Exactly. Right? Right. But everybody has to be positive. They, they, they don't think anyone understands the real world. They think just painting everything with roses is going to work. Right. Like, you have to be I positive. Gotta, I got to go. But the game's in great hands. And you hear the screech marks yeah. as he pulls out of the parking lot because he wants to get as far away from Anthem as possible. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So in his series of tweets, Irvin said, Bioware was his dream place to work since his first time he played Baldur's Gate. He thanks Anthem's community for being engaged through the good times and rough times uh, and says in good hands with Jason Anderson and Andrew Johnson is unclear from his statement who will be filling in the lead producer role for the future of Anthem updates. Also a reference opportunity at a new developer, but has not specific, uh, didn't say specific, specifically where. Irvin has been with Bioware since 2011 serving as a variety of roles, including lead development director of the Old Republic franchise and the lead producer of Star Wars The Old Republic. Anthem struggled with the rocket launch and recently launched its anticipated Cataclysm update. Again, when your lead leaves the company and then says it's got a bright future ahead, that means the Titanic hit an iceberg and it's going down, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. As, as the captain, right, he's sitting there, he's like, he's like, uh, yeah, um, make sure, yeah, the boat's fine. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. We'll, yeah, just yeah. just go to the bar, have a drink on me, free coupon. Here you go. Okay, uh, yeah, we're fine. Everything's perfect. Nothing to, nothing to be, and, and then and then dives off the boat. You're like, yeah. where's he going? Where's let's, he going? Let's just be, let's just be frank, okay? If If you couldn't figure out what you wanted to do, with the money you had in seven years, do you think you're going to figure it out in no. 18 months? It's, it's, it's a bad, it's a bad. I'll give, I'm giving, I'll give them 18 months. You think they're going to figure it out in 18 months? I don't think so. Look, I think, I think this is what's going to happen to, to Anthem. I think they're going to keep it up for at least a year. They're going to, they're going to fund it for at least a year because they can, right? EA can fund it. If they really wanted to, they could probably fund it for seven or eight years. Okay. Yeah, but, but, but the longer they keep it open, 
the greater the ban hammer is going to no, be no, when well, BioWare gets ready to go away. Well, no, here's here's the thing. This is why I say they, they're going to keep it open for a year because we just talked about No Man's Sky, right? Fallout 76, Division, Destiny, they all were in rocky places and they've improved their games over time. If Anthem comes out in February next year, which will be one year since it launched, and they drop something big, right? And it actually fixes things, and there's actual stuff going on. I can see them making a comeback. Not a huge comeback. I'm not talking about like everyone's going to go buy it and it's going to be like the Grand Theft Auto with the most game sales of all time. No, it'll never be that at all. But it'll have, because there's a player base there. The game itself is a, it, there's a very good game underneath the fucking garbage pile that is right now. End game is what hurts. They're slowly fixing it. And like I said, if, in eight months, if they get that right, the player base will come back. Now, it won't ever pass like 10,000 concurrent, right? And I'm talking like PC. It'll be like 3,000, 4,000 concurrent. And that'll be its plateau. And out of those 4,000 people, people will buy microtransactions or whatever else. But again, if No Man's Sky can support themselves for three years and make no microtransactions... Anthem can do it because they're being funded by Madden and FIFA. You know what I mean? Like EA will be like, yeah, here you go. Let's uh, let's keep it away because they need it. Remember, they have to keep it up because it's part of the subscription model for Origins Access. If they take right. that down, that's one less game for them to be like, hey, this is for your money value, right? So they have right. to keep pumping money into it just to have that value yes, of that's there. Plus, plus the fact that once again, it, they're, they're, they're diligently working on a microtransaction structure for the game, whether it be cosmetic or other, in order to bring in income for the population base that does play that game for any amount of time. They want to see how much money they can get out of it. That's the only reason why this game is still around. Right. Okay. Because otherwise it would be next. Next, we can't get any money out of this. Next, but somebody's in the office fighting it out. It's making like, money somewhere. Yeah, you give us, give us a year, give us a year. It's not hurting anything. It's on. We'll, we'll keep it on there because it's part of the EA play. Okay, and we'll keep it on there. And when we get the microtransaction thing out there, we'll get a we'll get a decent game going. We'll put the microtransaction cosmetic thing into play, and we'll see how much money we can make over the season. Like that's what they're doing. Otherwise, it it would be exactly exactly like andromeda all right so question here is where do you think ben irving's going chat where do you think he's going do you think he's going to a, a small studio or do you think he got picked up by a big studio no who who what team what team is putting together Baldur's gate three mm. i don't know i i i don't have i don't have my uh, my notes for the, the the latest developers but let me see if i can find it Duplis might know but i remember he he originally worked on he, he originally no, no. said he said he was a big fan when big he played fan of Baldur's it. gate yeah but i know there's a development team right now working on Baldur's gate 3 all right Baldur's gate 3 is um uh black isles studio so you're so you're saying you're saying ben irving is going to black isles studio I think he would. I think I think Ben Irving is going to some Xbox studio. One of those Xbox studios that's making games right now that's in the in the position right now of developing game where they need a lead designer. Okay? It could be the new studio because there's a lot of there's a lot of um 
uh, other people that are that were uh, alumni from other places that are leaving those places to go to yeah, the but, brand new studio. Yeah, who needs who needs leadership right now? Who well, needs leadership right now and has the money to pay him? Well, that, is the that's, that's why I'm saying Xbox. I'm saying one of the Xbox studios that's under the umbrella now might need a lead designer. It could be the actual 4A studio that Xbox is actually doing. Black Isle Studio isn't around. I mean, isn't this right here? It says Boulder Gate 3. What's the next Boulder's Gate? Oh, Boulder Gate 4 is coming out. Sorry. 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 Boulder's Gate 4. Isn't that the next Boulder's Gate that they decided? Or is it? Is, no, it's 3. It, it is 3. Yeah. It's 3. Boulder's Gate 3. Yeah, yeah. It's 3. Yeah, Boulder's Gate 3. It says right here. Black Isle Studio. Yeah. Uh, depending depending on how much stress he's under, think of it this way. I'm you checking just, it. I'm checking it out, guys. Give me a you second. You just got out of you just got out of a company that that just basically ran you in circles for six years. Okay. Anyways, no, it's it's else. it's been no, that's gone. It's not black. It's not Black Isle Studio. No, the, but some there's another company that picked it up. Who's making uh, Boulder's I remember, Gate? I remember. I remember who I, I listened to them during E3. They talked during E3 yeah, yeah, this year. Yeah, but who's making it? That's what I I'm... can't remember. I can't remember his name. They're, well, I want ah, my brain. I gotta stop drinking. Here, who's making? Who is making? Boulder's Gate. I'm not gonna stop drinking. <laughs> New Boulder's Gate. Whoever that is, the sergeant's saying that that's where he's going. Yeah. Boulder's Gate. Uh, developer was Bioware. Yeah, I can't. But somebody else picked it up. Yeah, they had a huge interview with the guy and everything. It is Boulder's Gate 3 that's supposed... Oh, here it is. Developed by Lauren Studios. Lauren yeah, Studios. I think that's it. That's who it is. That's who it is. <laughs> there it is. I'll put them in chat. So you guys can see who they are that's who it is right there that's who's making the newest boulder gate and it is boulder gate 3. uh so sergeant is right about the the title boulder's gate 3. um yeah, yeah i believe i believe he's probably going to go to, to them i think I, I think after being with bioware for that long and after that much stress i think he'll take up a smaller position i don't think so he doesn't want to take the pay cut. He just wants to get I'm on. Sure, a, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's gonna be a pay cut. He wants to get on a good team where he's like, you know what, that game's gonna make it. Like, <laughs> he doesn't want to be anywhere associated with with Bioware. But they, you can't talk bad about your ex employer. You know what I mean? Like, you want to leave on good terms and stuff like that. It's all. It's all politics. It's all okay, politics when it comes. If to you're that. leaving the building and it's on fire, right? Right. No, it is on fire. Okay, right. it's on fire. You, you you just can't be like you can't say oh everything we see, see you tomorrow. Yeah, I'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> like that's just not gonna be it. It's not it. All right. So the next topic I want to talk about is there's been six movies this year that have made one billion dollars. Okay, and Disney made five of them. Okay, had made five five of the films that 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 came out. <laughs> that's that's yeah, insane. But, and, for, and for them are remakes. Whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. They're, they're, they still made a billion, five billion dollars. Okay. They've made over. Okay. So Toy Story 4. This, uh, this article comes again from GameSpot. Okay. Toy Story 4 has crossed a massive money milestone that makes it one of the biggest movies of 2019 and yet another example of Disney's domination of the box office. 
The movie, which has made Disney Pixar Studios, has now surpassed $1 billion U.S. in the box office receipts worldwide. Toy Story 4 has made $421.3 million in America and $579.9 million in international markets, according to the box office numbers by Box Office Mojo. Toy Story 4 is the sixth movie in 2019 to make one, at least $1 billion at the box office. And the other five, including Avengers Endgame, $2.79 billion, Lion King, $1.34 billion, Captain Marvel, $1.2 or 1.1 billion, Spider-Man Far From Home, 1 billion, just over 1 billion, and Aladdin, just over 1 billion, okay? Uh, as you can see, five of the six movies had made 1 billion. Can you imagine, just just 10 years ago, we we're like, no one's ever going to make a billion dollar movie. And then every year, people. every people year now, since then, there's been at least one movie that's made a billion dollars uh, in the year. Uh, Toy Story 4 also becomes Pixar's fourth movie to make more than a billion dollars joining The Incredibles, Toy Story 3, and Finding Dory. Uh, only 43 movies in history have made more than $1 billion at the box office, and all and all of the box office numbers um, are, are are here and not adjusted for inflation. So there you go. So Yeah, but the, we have this population that we have now. This is not going to be a thing, you know. <laughs> It, 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 it's a variable. It's a variable question because it has to be percentage-wise of total movie cost and how much money they make and where the movies were released at. There's a lot of factors here involved. Okay, <clears throat> if it's how many theaters it was released in. So when you say it's another one of these a billion-dollar movies, that's great. If I keep a movie out, if I put it in as many theaters as possible and I keep it out long enough, I'm pretty sure I can get a billion dollars for most super action movies or super. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, right. It just depends on the market of where we're going with this. Right. Not because Disney has a stamp on it. All right. So here's the next thing, right? Disney's Disney with this number, they've made so much money with since they've owned the Star Wars license. They've made twenty seven billion dollars. OK, from toys, from videos, from video games to movies, twenty seven billion dollars. They paid four point three billion for it. Okay, they spent a billion dollars or two billion dollars to make Galaxy's Edge. Okay, but before we get into that, we're going to talk about the next topic, which is Star Wars Resistance Season 2 just came out with the trailer, and yet it's announced it will be its final season. And the reason we're saying this, now I don't know if you guys, I haven't watched this episode at all. I haven't watched the cart. This is a cartoon. I didn't really like the art of it, and I talked about it when it came out. I said, hey, it looks interesting. I might watch it. I watched the first episode. It didn't hook me. Right? It didn't hook me like the Clone Wars did. It didn't hook me like Rebels did. Um, I think Rebels is maybe even better than Clone Wars, in my opinion. But I'm going to change the topic real fast because I want I want to talk about why is Disney sucking so bad, right? Star Wars, Lucas. It's not, it's, it's not that they're sucking so bad as a whole, but they are, but they are making they're making tragic mistakes about a franchise that should not have a falling off as much as it is they're flushing star wars completely down the toilet all right I mean, yeah yeah they made their money back all right but but they're they're trying to force feed a generation of people star wars that no one cares about and then they're mad that nobody wants to go to the park or watch the movies right so here's the topic now Star Wars, Lucas got Disney by the balls. Okay, and the reason it's a rumor. This, this is a rumor. this is a rumor. This is a rumor, but this is the topic. Very good rumor. This is the topic. It has teeth. Okay, so what broke by uh, a YouTuber? He has this insider. His name is Doomcock. 
okay? The Overlord Doomcock on YouTube, okay? Great YouTube channel if you haven't seen him. He's the Overlord Doomcock. He wears a mask. He's from the broadcasting from the center of the earth. It's a great, it's a great little. I love his whole. Yeah, shtick. his whole shtick is, love, is fantastic. Okay, so and I, and I like the way he's anonymity. That's the way it should yeah. be. Even when he does his podcast, he doesn't ever show his face. It's always just his voice. He's got the voice changer. It's 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 fantastic. Anyway, <clears throat> so he had a source that said the reason Star Wars, okay, has not been successful, and the reason Force Awakens had to do what they did, and the Last Jedi did what they did, and now what's Rise of Skywalker is going to do is that Lucas still owns the rights to the old Star Wars, meaning episodes one through six, he owns. He owns anything of integrity, like the intellectual property of Star Wars. So if they want to use Jar Jar, if they want to use Boba Fett, if they bring Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, anything, anytime they use any of those characters, they have to pay Lucas. A cut. a cut and we don't know what the cut the, is well the cut they say might be 25 percent. okay even if it's 10 percent, whatever he gets a cut okay so basically this is why they changed the solo film and made him a younger solo that's why they changed the millennium falcon that's why they changed the Millennium Falcon the way it looked just by the radar dish, and they changed a couple things at the junkyard that it was at in the in the Force Awakens. Okay, this is why they introduce Rey because they can't talk about Luke. That's why they didn't show Luke at all during the first Star Wars. They just show his hand. Okay, this is why they killed off Han Solo. Okay, this is all rumors, but this is sources, and it's running with it now, right? So the reason it's it's actually feasible. We always wanted to know why didn't Star Wars, why didn't Disney make Star Wars Land, the, the new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, part of the old Star Wars? Why didn't they use Tatooine's Cantina? Why didn't they use Endor? Why didn't they use Darth Vader at the parks? Why aren't they using all the stuff? They have the Millennium Falcon there, but it's not Lucas's Millennium Falcon. It's Disney's Millennium Falcon, right? They have all this story. That's why. It's Disney canon. That's why they don't use the books anymore. That's why they don't use any of that stuff anymore because that was based off of Lucas's stuff and those people had to give Lucas a cut and so on and so forth. So Lucas has Disney by the balls, okay? Meaning, rumors are Disney's is in talks with Lucas to purchase the remainder of the stuff from him, okay? And think about if this is true, if this is true, how smart Lucas is selling the IP of Star Wars, but not his old stuff, just the name Star Wars for $4.2 billion. He didn't sell the old Star Wars. He just sold Star Wars and the intellectual property of Star Wars, what it is, and they get to do what they want with it. That's why they wanted to uh, make Ryan Johnson start a new trilogy. That's why Jon Favreau is not doing Boba Fett's TV show. He's doing the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Okay. This is why Star Wars Galaxy doesn't have anything that represents Star Wars from my childhood, from anyone else's childhood. My son hasn't even seen Star Wars yet and has, he likes Star Wars, but he likes my Star Wars, right? He likes playing with this X-Wings and the TIE Fighters and the figures and the Stormtroopers and all the stuff that's from my Star Wars, from the actual Star Wars that people loved, okay, and enjoyed and they thought it was great. And Disney's starting to come in and they're just injecting all that woke woke stuff into there, right? It's it 
It's very credible. Very credible. I hope Lucas doesn't sell to them. And if he does, I hope he sells it for like triple the price that he got the $4.2 billion just to sell the name. Just to sell the name of going forward. He's like, yeah, yeah, do whatever you want. But I'm going to keep what I have. You guys can go burn whatever you're doing. But he doesn't want to ruin it. Think about the leak, Sarge. I'm not going to say the leak here, okay? Don't say the leak. I'm not going to say the leak. Think about if the leak happens for this next movie. And then it tarnishes all the rest of the movies. Technically, as fans, we could just be like, no, those don't exist. Lucas's trilogy. Right. And and then the even the 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 six films, even if you're not a big fan of the other ones, yeah, Lucas is 70 years old, right? And he said in an interview in 2016, he said, "Look, it was just time for me to sell." He's like, "I want to do my." Lucas has always been to, an he, artist. He wants to do movies that he wants. He's to always do. done movies that are like so obscure and in obscurity. But they're art pieces, and that's what he loves. He got into the business about film and art. Yeah, but now he's got the money. He can do whatever yes, he wants. Yes, he can do whatever he, he like, wants. He, he funds his own. Loans yeah. from any studios yeah. at all. He just does what he wants. He funds his own movies and stuff. And think about this, though. If he gets 25%, Disney would rather get, okay, zero of 100% than 75% of everything. Okay? Right. That's that's Bob Iger's greed factor. I don't think it's just him. I think it's the stockholders and everything else. No, no. No, no, it's Bob Iger. He's in charge, buddy. So he's in charge. That is why Lucas has Disney by the balls. If it's true, I I say bravo, George. Bravo. Just, they just, they just can't get they can't get the kids and the people to back their characters for their movies, because Disney thinks that they were going to invent characters with no attachment and people were just going to love it because Star Wars. Like that's not the reasons why we love those characters. Those characters are from with us because they were good characters. There was a good story there. There isn't a good story here. There's a bunch of stuff happening, but it's not a story that, that the younger people can get behind because like, I don't even know who these people are. Like, I have no idea. And then the, well, adults, be fair. the, the adults are like, I have no idea who this person is. And why do they know everything? To, to be fair, when Star Wars first came out, nobody knew who uh, Mark Hamill was or Carrie Fisher. Uh, that's, that's correct. That's why they brought Harrison Ford in because Harrison Ford was known, right? He was he was that actor to to bring in, and then James Earl Jones was the. So there there were unnamed characters, but here's the thing: when Lucas created Star Wars, the original Star Wars, he didn't have an agenda. Nope. There was no agenda. His agenda was to that's make an movie. entertaining movie for people, right? He didn't know it was going to right. He didn't know for it was going to. Well, he even said it wasn't for kids. Yes, he did. No, absolutely. I, I've watched he, enough documentaries. No, he said he said originally it wasn't for kids. The original Star Wars wasn't for kids, but after the first one, he started making them for kids, right? And then even episodes one, two, and three more towards kids because then he had grandchildren and stuff, and he, and he made it for for them. That's why he threw Jar Jar. That's why he always threw the Ewoks in there. There was always something there that he threw in. But the original Star Wars was just. No agenda. It was his piece, making a sci-fi. He approached multiple studios. Nobody wanted to give it to him. Like that's why he basically funded it himself, and then got Fox to to you know to to publish it or whatever. So going into this, but they had an agenda from the start. They had an agenda from the start. Star Wars or Disney had an agenda from the start, and that's why it wasn't successful. Now, now, Sugar, you're saying the standalone films were actually better than seven and eight. Absolutely, I think Rogue One was actually pretty, pretty good, right? But think about it. What really sold you about Rogue One was the last minute and a half of the film. 
right? The Darth Vader scene where he's on the fucking ship and he's going down the hallway and he's just like, that's what sold it for you, right? That's what sold it to you, right? But there was no agenda in Rogue One. Rogue One was telling the story of how the Rebels got the thing. It wasn't a woke piece. It wasn't about, uh, um, uh, what's her name? What was the, the main actress's name? Uh, I forget. I forget the, the main... It was about her, but... No, 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 no. But it wasn't a... It was about her and her dad, how it made the plans and stuff like that. It wasn't about her, right? And then Solo, I actually saw it. Did you watch it? Did you watch Solo? Yep. I thought it was an actually pretty good movie. I gave the guy a lot better credit than he than I thought he you know would have with as Harrison Ford. But there was no agenda there either, right? It was telling the character that we loved of Han Solo his early years, and that's why I think they were pretty good. Now, it bombed the box office overall, even though it made close to a... I can tell you how much it made. Solo made a total of. They called they called it a flop, but it made it made money. Right, it, it was a flop, but yet it made. It's on the top. Is it here? Uh, Star Wars Episode Three Interception. Maybe maybe it didn't. Uh, I don't see it on the top one hundred here, unless I blinked. It flopped. They said it flopped. It probably it, it probably didn't make its money back is basically what uh what I'm thinking of for for what they yeah I can't find it on the top fifty anyway so it was a flop but it wasn't it wasn't that bad of a movie people were were protesting it and boycotting it because of what what happened yeah but the, there was the whole, a, there's a lot ordeal. of intrigue to it because the scene with Darth uh, I'm sorry uh, spoiler alert are we gonna say spoiler alert anyone didn't see Solo forgive me it's a spoiler alert. Yeah, the the rumor was that it wasn't going to do well. That's why there were reshots or reshoots, and they had to change script, and they had to add that part with with Darth Maul at the end in order to bring it together to where people were actually interested in what the hell was going on. Because right. if it had just ended with him killing Woody Harrelson, it would have been like no one gave a shit about any of it. But right. because of that one moment, it ties everything together, and you're like, oh crap, he's still alive. I can't believe it. But of course, people who've been watching the Star Wars rebels and whatnot you know that maul was alive anyway he had the robot bottom it was part of the other show yeah so right? so, so it wasn't it wasn't far-fetched it was connected solo made 392 million dollars that's a fucking bomb that yeah. that's a bomb yeah but it wasn't a bad movie it actually wasn't a bad movie i didn't go in theaters to watch it so i'm part of that 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 people that didn't go watch it in theaters because we were boycotting and that's what i did i didn't go to the theaters to watch it. i watched it when it came out in the, on the uh on video or whatever so I thought it was pretty good, but I get it. I understand why that. So I'm going to be going to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge uh, September 7th, right? It opens on uh, August 31st here. It's already open to the cast members and stuff. I'm going to go there. We're going to build a robot for my son, right? We're, we're, we've got reservations. It's $100. It's an RC robot that you get to build and stuff. It's the experience and stuff. Um, so it's his birthday the week before. So that's like a birthday gift for him. Uh, a robotic are you, droid. Are you, are you getting are you getting the R2 body or the BB-8 body? It's up to him, but I looked at reviews of people building both of them, and the fucking robot, the uh, the BB-8, when it rolls, it, just, it makes a lot of noise. So I'm going to try to use the Jedi forces that I have to lean him towards the, the one that's nice and quiet that comes around. You know what I mean? So I'll, I'll just wave my hand a couple times, you know, try to get him to... To get the the one that I wanted did to you, get. Did you hear that uh, Ewan McGregor was signed to do another Obi Wan Kenobi? Uh, well, we all thought he was going to do it. Is that official now? He's actually signed. Yeah, he signed. He's okay. Signed. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I I love him as Obi Wan. I oh, yeah. I love him as Obi Wan. He's yeah yeah he's he's fantastic. 
Hello uh, there. Yeah, he's just great. I mean, that's actually probably... He actually, in my opinion, saves episodes one, two, and three. His whole character throughout the whole arc uh, is... I would almost be okay if... If the if the, it wasn't if the movie was never told through Skywalker's point of view, but it was told through Obi Wan's point of view, you know what I'm saying? It's supposed to be a trilogy as well, but if it's a standalone film, it'd be pretty cool. What what Listen, what it, time frame do you think they're going to take? Do you think they're going to take it where he's a, a hermit, or do you think they're going to well, take a, a well, point when he's of, younger? First of all, first of all, if they sign him to a picture deal, then they, they got to give uh, Lucas a cut. So obviously they're in panic mode. Well, yeah, right. they would Obviously have to, panic and mode. that's why they're trying to negotiate getting the buying it outright from him. Right. So, what what would be the time frame for Obi Wan Kenobi? It would have to be the time when he was young with Qui Gon, like that time period. It could be because it can't be. What's going to be like after after the Clone War? Things all over, and then he's just kind of well, he's, he's hanging out as a slum lord on Tatooine, no. like the it, Adventures of Old Man Kenobi. It, it, on, it could be on Tatooine. Three points in life. It could be early it, on. It would be. <laughs> what was that? What was that old? What was that TV show where the guy gets revenge for people? Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Equalizer. <laughs> yeah, Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi in The Equalizer, and I, he's just on Tatooine revenging people. I, it could be three three points. It could be when he's young, becoming a like learning from Qui Gon, which means they would have to get Qui Gon right. So they would have to get Liam Neeson to come in right. Two, they could do a point in the in the in the part where it's in the middle of the Clone Wars. Right, and he has that relationship with the Queen during the Clone Wars in the cartoon series. It all depends on what happens in Skywalker and who Ray's daughter is and whoever else. But it could be somewhere along those lines, or it could be Hermit, Hermit Obi Wan, where he has the baby, he's on Tatooine, he's protecting Luke on on the actual desert planet. You know what I mean? Trying to find the uncle and stuff like. I think I think it would be. I'll be honest with you. I think it'd probably be the Clone War era. I think so too. Sometime like during the Clone Wars, between the time that Anakin is still a kid and he's learning, right, and he's not out, he's not out on the full adventures with him because he's too young, right. And so Obi Wan's doing his thing, and then when he comes back from whatever he's got to do, he's training. Two and a half hours of him just slaughtering the fuck out of sand people. <laughs> that's, 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 I, I mean, I'll be okay with that. I'm all, I'm all right with that. As long as I do a throwback of the samurai doing this with the with the with the scrubbing of the of the film back and forth. Um, so yeah, Star Wars is in, in bad shape right now. They have Star Wars fatigue. Not really. There's no such thing as, I think, fatigue, because otherwise Marvel would have fatigue and people wouldn't have watched 10 years of Marvel. But that's just me. Alright, so the next topic I want to talk about, let me get this uh, going here. Let's see. Uh, why is this... Why is that happening? Something. Oh, there it is. We're going to be talking about Gamescom. Uh, Gamescom is coming up, I think, on Monday. Okay. Now, topic, Xbox at Gamescom press conference. Time and date promises big news. Uh, the world's biggest gaming conference is Gamescom. Takes place next week in Germany. Microsoft is coming to the show with the next Inside Xbox briefing, there will also be nearly a dozen new game trailers and a big news, including the reveal of Ghost Recon Breaking Point multiplayer mode, Gears 5, hard mode, and Google Stadia with Jeff Keighley is also going to be there. One of the world's biggest game shows, Gamescom, takes place next week in Germany. 
the new Inside Xbox episode is scheduled to premiere Monday, August 19th at 5 p.m. local time in Germany, which is 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern time, which we will be covering here on 30 and Still Gaming. Uh, and also for viewers in Australia, well, uh, not the idle time at 1 a.m. The broadcast airs on Mixer, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, as for the content inside the Xbox event, Microsoft is premiering Gears 5 Horde Mode, uh, while the company is also shows near, uh, nearly a dozen brand new trailers and other games on the top of that. There will be big news and reveals for a number of games and expansions, including Ghost Recon Breaking Point, Multiplayer Reveal, Destiny 2 Shadowkeep, Wasteland 3, Empire of Sin, Greedfall, uh, uh, The Surge 2, Vigor, Metroid Exodus, and Blair Witch. There will also be news about the Xbox Game Pass and the return of Microsoft's XO event in London later in the year. So, on Monday, not really news, it's more I'm, I'm giving you guys a heads up on Gamescom starts on Monday. We'll be talking about it live here. Uh, I don't know if Sarge is going to join me, but I will be covering it live, so come on out and join how me. Many, how many that. months after Stadia releases before it fails? <clears throat> um... I give it. I give it. I give it at least fifteen months, like twelve, you think, you think twelve you think to fifteen months. Yeah, it has to. I think it's gonna have to make it a full year. They'll 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 see what their initial like run is, and then they'll tweak it from there and see see what it goes right. Because right now you have to pay. Yeah, Tally says eighteen major, months. Major metropolitan areas will pick it up. It will give a good population base, but it won't be widespread. I'll give it. I'm gonna give it eight months. Eight months for final, like it won't even exist anymore. Eight months, and they'll be like, "We can't do it. We're out." I, I, I think Google will throw at least a year and a half, most at most eighteen months, like like Tally said. But I'll, I'm gonna go with like fourteen months. I'm looking, I'm looking at Stadia as a Kickstarter where you give them money, and then the project starts, and then they just screw you and walk away with the I, money. I'm looking at that's 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 how I'm looking at. Well, it. I'm looking at Google as this is a test for them, right? Like Google. This is their beta test. Like they're gonna throw money at this. They're gonna see what the numbers are, right? And then they're gonna implement something better and they newer. The, by, yeah. by the way, they have the money to burn. You've seen their list of stuff that they've oh, canceled. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They don't care. Yeah. They they, they make they make money hand over fist. I mean, it's Foxy. Yeah. Take it easy. You are not celebrating two birthdays before Stadia dies. Just calm down. There's <laughs> no way you are celebrating two whole birthdays before Stadia decides they're, they're closing up shop. That's way too long. Yeah, so way too long. I well, we'll see. Well, I'll be very surprised if if two years from now we're still talking about Google Stadia. Here's 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 my thing. You ready? Here here's how you keep the Star Wars thing going forever, right? You pick any Jedi, any one of them from from Clone Wars, any one. Like or uh, and do the story about I, them. I said Akora. I meant a right. Ahsoka. Ahsoka would be a badass. Story about yeah. them, anyone, Akumunde, Luminari, anybody, anybody. Do a movie about them, just like you do a movie about all the adventure guys separately. Right, right. That's all you need to do. Right. You can have Star Wars movies for friggin' ever. I think they can have a huge. They can have at least a three picture deal with Ahsoka Tano. She's one of the most interesting characters. I'll tell you something. If, if, if here's if Disney had half a brain, okay. Listen to me very carefully. And I've read a lot of books of Star Wars. I'm a sci fi book guy, right? They pick up the phone. They go, "Hey, uh, Mr. Zahn, is this Timothy Zahn? Yeah." Well, we'd like to take your Heir to the Empire trilogy uh, books you have and turn it into a movie. What do you think about that? Uh, about fucking interested. time. <laughs> I, I, I'd be very interested in that. Uh, like, There's a lot of Star Wars books, and there's a lot of people that don't know how to write Star Wars. They know the names. They put them on pages. <laughs> right. And they keep referencing stuff. 
But as far as if you read Air to the, if you wear if you read the the it's called the Thrawn trilogy. It's Heir to the Empire, uh, uh, oh my God, Last Command, and I can't remember what the other one is. I can't remember the third one. Uh, but anyway, point being is, if you read that trilogy, you can actually see the movie as you're reading it. That's how <clears> good <throat> he is at writing it, okay? If they made that trilogy without Ryan Johnson, okay, Disney, the, the, after, the, after, that, after that movie, those, those three movies came out, they'd have to build an entire park of Star Wars. Right. They would just shut down Epcot, and just turn it into Star Wars, right? That's what they would have to do if they made that trilogy. If 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 here's here's the thing: if they were smart, they'd take that that schematic that someone created, that map of the Star Wars land that we and talked about, it. right? Just do it. Disney has they, Disney has this partner, land. Partner, partner up with Google, right? Partner <clears throat> Disney up with Google and have it just build it. Di just Dis build it. Disney has this land out here that's big enough for a fifth park. Now I talked about it like two weeks ago, I think, where I said that in five years they're going to talk about a Marvel land instead, right? Because that's Disney's brand, like one hundred percent, right? Yeah. But if they just took this and made it into its own park from the, from the internet, what we got, right, from Star Wars, but they have to revive Star Wars, right? They're not going to do it now. But if they if they were at the pinnacle moment of where Star Wars was the hype as it could be, and they're like, we're building a Star Wars whole fucking park, right? That would have been awesome because then you would have each section of Tatooine and all this and all through nine movies and all this stuff. Nope. They screwed it. They screwed it. It's bad. Bad. All right. Next topic. Uh, not really a topic, but uh, I mean, it is. <clears throat> the topic is Halo Wars 2 will not be receiving any further updates. Um, 343 Industries has responded to Halo 2's petition with some uh, politely bad news of the gaming community. The petition signed over 2,300 fans, asked for several updates and improvements for Halo RTS. Fans requested included Steam release, new features such as replays, UI design, PC and keyboard and mouse support for the Xbox One. New, con new content including maps and skins and various of bug fixes, quality of life improvements and balance patches. 343 Industries has re responded to the petition over on Halo Waypoint. And it sounds like these requests are not going to be fulfilled anytime soon, as the studio does not have the staff free to update or support Halo 2 further. Uh, quote, it's always awesome to see the passion of fans wanting to see changes to come to games they love in the positive manner. The post from the community support engagement coordinator, Tyler uh, Davis, reads, as awesome as all of us's requests are, and as much as the uh, personally share, these desires are unfortunate reality is what we currently are unable to commit any any future Halo 2, Halo Wars 2 continued development support at any time. 343 publishing team and the team created the Halo 2 is currently porting Halo, the Master Chief Collection, to PC and working on Xbox One and PC version of Halo Reach with a large scope immersed amount of the work surrounding MCC for PC. The resources that were previously focused on Halo Wars 2 have been pulled over to help support the Master Chief Collection and Halo Reach development. Uh, the post states Davis says that while the team count politely revisit the game in the future, it's unable to commit to any of these requests. So the really the topic here is Sarge has always brought it up, right? In past weeks and months and years. How long do you support a game for before it just shuts down, right? Like that's the question. Right, people are upset about this. It's not a I lot of people. It's only twenty three hundred people that are signing petitions here. Yeah, but I honestly believe that with today's technology that we have for RTSs, they could have made Halo Wars two a phenomenal RTS game to bring back RTSs. RTSs have been in decline 
because they just fallen off. Like right. StarCraft, they just gave up on. They just gave up on StarCraft. That people moved over to these the first person shooters of like uh, Fortnite and Overwatch. Like they're not playing these top uh, isometric real time strategy games anymore. And if they are, nobody's watching it anymore. Right. It's just the fan base isn't there anymore. But there's a lot more options now for RTS to make it more engaging instead of it just being a paper, rock, scissor game. And that's what Halo Wars is, and Halo Wars 2 especially is, it just was a paper, rock, scissor game. Right. Right? I have tanks. I'm going to crush your infantry. I have I have ships. I'll crush your tanks. Oh, right. Like, it, like it, wasn't, it wasn't engaging. Like, you didn't, you didn't give a shit. Like, it's fun to watch the guys run around, but it's not something that everyone's like, oh, the strategy involved. I want to watch it. Like, like, everyone was watching StarCraft for as long as they were. But... You know, everything everything has its up and down. Like, right. what are we in the middle? Are we in the middle of the first-person shooter stuff now? Like, they're trying to come out with Overwatch 2. I heard the Overwatch 2 is coming out. It's going to be heavy, heavy PvE with PvP elements. That's true. I, I, I didn't hear anything about that. The game, yeah, they're trying to keep the game alive longer so they know that if they just go back to doing the, the characters again, they want to make stories for the characters, which is what you guys have been talking about for years. Like, release stories <laughs> for each of the characters so everyone understands who the characters are. You know, that's how you get. That's how you get people engaged in your game. Well, I mean, come on, Halo Two, like you said, is an RTS game, right? They've supported it for years. It's on Game Pass right now, so if you wanted to get it, you could still buy it. You could still play it, just because they don't support it anymore. I mean, they don't support Mario. Listen, if you like you know Halo, I mean? go to the store, get it for ten bucks right. or whatever it is. Right. Just go buy it. It's a good. So it's, a, it. it's a good game for what it is, but there's no money coming in from that game anymore. So how long do you want them to continue supporting this game without any of you purchasing anything from it? Right. This is why the game companies are like, all right. You want to keep playing this game? Destiny, Fallout 76, Division, No Man's Sky. Well, No Man's Sky is not charging. Warframe, Sea of Thieves. Like these games are going to constantly going for year and years and years, and they want microtransactions to fund it because if they don't get the microtransactions over time or DLC that they're charging for, then what's the point of once you come out with the game, it's done. Your your job is done basically, right? A couple patches here and there, and then you and then you move on. Absolutely, but the the critical the critical moment that we have with games right now, and I understand the whole microtransaction fiasco. You got you you have to pay for games. I get it, but the difference is the same as I've been saying over and over again. This is very important. It's not about the game anymore. A development team makes a game, and that that's what usually made or break them. Like you like their you like their art style, you like their game. You they made a good game. You buy the game, it sells well. We make a sequel. Now the pressure's off. They can make whatever. Right. They can release whatever because microtransactions are in there, and the smaller percentage of people that are going to give into those microtransactions make up for the fact that they didn't sell enough copies. So you can have a shitty game with a smaller population base that gives them more money to keep the game going, and they make it sound like the game is good, but it's not. Right, but these guys are not even shutting down the game. They're just not supporting it anymore, right? So you can still play it from here on out. It's just not shutting yes, down. But the, but the pressure the pressure is off to make a good game. Right. The pressure's not right. there anymore. Right. You could, Everyone could just sit in a room and go, we're going to come up with this stuff. What do you guys think? Well, well how, do we, how do we monetize that? Like if we did that, how do we monetize that? Well, we could make skins or we could make cosmetic stuff and we could do this. Yeah, but the mechanics are crap. Doesn't matter. We need something for the third quarter. Get it done. Right. Like there's no pressure anymore. Beforehand, it was like, man, we got to make a good game. We have got to come out with a game that the kids want to play. Like that was the story <laughs> before. Like we have got to come up with a game the kids want to play. Now it's, you know, I got something kind of. You know, he was working on that four years ago. We could spruce it up, 
throw some loot boxes in there. Right. Boom. Perfect, perfect segue. The next topic that we're going to talk about, we're skipping the ninja story. We don't need to talk about that. Uh, we, we need to get to talk about Destiny, and there's a half hour left. But we're going to talk about one more topic. The topic is Apex Legends Iron Crown loot box pricing. This is, this is it's hilarious. hilarious and out of touch. This title comes from a friend of mine, Paul Tassie, over at Forbes. Uh, he wrote an article about the Apex um, loot system that's going on right now. And Apex Legends has just started an Iron Crown event in which they've introduced solos as a limited time mode, among other things. But the main purpose is to sell a new slate of items within the Battle Pass season. It's not unheard of. Fortnite does this for special events, which is also unique cosmetics for sales during a season. And yet a way that Apex is going about this is the problem. It's uh, He says, it's not just there... Uh, there's not just there are a bunch of new, very good skins for sale in the store. Their entire collection is 12 epic and 12 legendary items and parceled into a 24 loot box system. Fine, you say. Uh, it's a mini battle pass for randomization that players can grind for, sort of like Overwatch or Division 2. And he says, nope, hard nope. You can only grind out two of the 24 loot boxes through the challenges. The rest you will literally have to buy and they cost $7 a piece. So that's $160 if you're buying currency in bulk. As icing on the cake, there's a new heirloom, Axe, that you can only get once you have every other item in the collection. And that costs up to 3,500 uh, 3, Apex coins itself. In total, if you want everything in the collection, it costs a minimum of $170 and with no alternative options to grind for 95% of it. So... Uh, in this age, and almost all big games are shifting away from loot boxes in some form or another. In this wild to see Apex Legends going this hard on them, yes, a $7 loot box for 50% shot at a legendary skin is less than $18 legendary skin cost to buy outright. And yet, with the randomization, you don't know whether or not you're going to get it and you want for $7 or $160. This is literally the reason everyone hates loot boxes and they feel awful and exploitative, right? So... Why? What? What world is EA living in? Okay. Because someone will. Because the percentage of people are going to go in on it. A hundred and seventy dollars. That's how they're testing the waters. Every time they come out with something like this, this is how they're testing the waters, guys. I don't. I don't understand how anyone doesn't realize it at this point. Right. The only. The only method that you have to send a signal is not to purchase. That's your only option. And if you don't like something, you can't buy it and say, I didn't really like it. Like, you can't buy it and then say, I hated it. Once you buy it, they have the money. The statistics are in. You bought it. You Not buying it is what says to them, oh, well, the guys don't like it. We're going to try something else. Like, when you don't buy something, they're like, oh, they don't like it. We're going to have to try something else. Like, once you have it in your hand, it doesn't matter if it has no microtransactions or has microtransactions or has loose boxes. Once it's in your house... They know eventually you're gonna play something. Right. You're gonna you're, you're gonna purchase something. Right. I, I find but it that's that's balls. That's balls I find to the it, window. I find it disgusting. Right? I thought Fortnite's twenty dollars skins were ridiculous. This is a hundred and seventy dollars skin. You can literally go out and buy twelve axes, like actual axes for the for that price, right? <laughs> it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. And the axe doesn't even look that cool. I mean, it doesn't even look that cool. Look, it doesn't. It doesn't even look that good. It's. It's just like, all right, cool. Hundred and seventy dollars. No one can bitch about Grand Theft Auto, right? Nobody can bitch about all this other stuff. That's a hundred and seventy dollar axe right there. 
I have an axe to grind, and it's not that one. Okay, for $170. That's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So, that's that. Uh, we're not going to talk about the lawsuit from Fortnite. It's a class action lawsuit. If you guys want to check that out, you can read about it on the web. Uh, we're going to talk about the next one, which is Luke Smith's director's cut. Let me bring it up here. Now, a lot's going on in Destiny, right? We're, we're big fans and big haters, all depending on who you are, who's watching this. You either look at us as a hater or you look at us that we're really passionate and we really love the game. There's a couple of points that, that Luke Smith says during this um, that I actually like. And what I like about the Director's Cut 1 and Director's Cut 2, okay, is that when I talked to Luke Smith, what is it, three, four years ago, it was like Destiny Year 1, Year 2. He was at DestinyCon which was the first actual convention, not the bar, but the, the very first year. He showed up. He's like incognito. He's walking around. I scared the shit out of him. I was like, Luke! He's like, Ugh! and he had his hands in his jacket. And I, was like, I was like, dude, I just want to... And this is when I... This is at the point when I love Destiny. This was like right before Taken King and stuff like that, right? Right? right. Blind, that, bl that was when... Blind loyalty. Yeah, right? I was like, oh, I'm so happy to this and this. And I started talking to him. And just talking to him in person... I could get the gist of that he was a true fan Gamer. of game, right? He's a true fan of gaming, right? And I was like, so anytime Luke Smith comes on screen and he talks, I listen to him. And this is why those of you that have watched this show know that I blame Mark Noseworthy for the problem with D2 because he came out during the VOD, during the video, and said, well, Destiny 1 was just too complicated, and you just didn't know where to put your points and stuff, and I just wanted For to play him. my war. Right. He For came him. out He came out and said that, and I was like, oh, they're changing because of this guy, right? And it absolutely ruined, ruined Destiny for me the, the way it is, right? It's just simplistic. It's like, come on. Like, if you don't care, just click on three things and go, go play if you're casual, right? But the hardcore people want to get their teeth into it and start like digging into stuff right and that's why i like this 2.0 armor and this is what i like about his his wall of text that he's had uh two of the three days so far right where he comes off and you're like he's he's giving us a peek behind the curtain you know what i'm saying and i understand this is total this is a total uh marketing thing as well right because when you peek behind the curtain you kind of see what's behind and they're being truthful he is he's being very truthful up front we made mistakes these are the mistakes He's not telling you everything, but he's giving you enough to go, you know what? I like this guy, right? And it's working on me, right? And I, I and then again, because I met him and talked to him, I felt that way. So during this, he talks about the the depth of the RPG and the improvement of customization. Okay. He talks about mods and stats and the trade-offs of what they're trying to do. Uh he talks about what the armor is. And how they're doing it. Now they showed it. Was it yesterday? Yesterday they showed it. And they showed that there's uh, each piece of armor has a uh, already a uh, flavor already on it. Right? If it's void, arc, or, or, or solar. So each piece of gear will drop with that set thing. Meaning there's a chest piece for one of each flavor. Right? There's a helmet for one of each flavor. Every, everything that's out there. <clears throat> on top of that, the stats are comp completely random. And then on top of that, they all have three slots open for mods that you can put in for your perks. So all perks now. Oh, you could put you could put more than three depending on the level, the power level of each of those mods. No, no, no. There's only three slots, and there's ten points that you can put in. So if I can put I can put three three 
and a four, right? So if it's a three, three and four, it equals ten points that you can put in there of the same flavor. And that's, and that's if you level it up to where it has ten spots. Correct. If it has ten spots, you could put two fives and you have a spot open. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot you can do with with your builds, right? If you if you put a higher end perk in there, it's going to be it'll cost you more to put a five point in there than it would be if you found a three point of that and put it in, right? And the way I look at this is exactly how Fallout 76 perk cards are, right? It's the exact same thing. You have 15 points in your strength, and then you're putting certain cards in, in, in certain also, things. Also the same as Warframe. Right, same as Warframe when you put yep. the cards in as Warframe. So I like it. Of course I like it because the mod armor system has been my idea for the entire time Destiny's been out. And this is not my 100% idea, but it's pretty damn, damn, damn close. close. It's pretty damn, damn close, close, right? So much so there's people out there that said they would never like a crafting system, but it, here you are. You're putting pieces in your gear. You're crafting. You're crafting your fucking gear. You're putting time into the gear, earning it, and then implementing stuff by grinding for stuff and then putting it in and then making the gear that you want. Now, people are a little, little concerned. They're like, well, is this going to take away the grind? No. Okay, because more, more grind. there's more grind in there. And, uh, and if you can't see that, this is why for four years I've been talking about this type of system. And people are like, uh, that's a stupid idea, 30. It's a stupid idea. You can't see past the trees. You can't see the forest past the tree, right? Like you're, you're blind by what's happening here. This is actually going to be – I'm very excited after reading this today. And, and uh, I'm very excited to see what they can do now. I'm excited. But I'm also keeping my distance from it because they're implementing stuff. And I, I think the only mistake they're doing, personally, is that you're not grinding for the mods, right? You're, you're, you, once a mod drops, you have that's, it. That's the part I'm confused about. Like, right. I, I've watched the VOD twice now. I get, I get the gist of it. But once again, the way, that they, the way that they talk about it, it doesn't give you the entire... Which the is fine. It. it doesn't give you the meat of it. You can't tell. But I don't want to know. I don't want to know until I get there, right? I don't want to know until I get there. I know. I know. <clears throat> so the, the way they're doing this, I think, is, is, is very good, right? So he talks about uh, – yeah, here, I'll, I'll bring up this. This is the point where they talk about the strength, right? And everyone's like, oh, the sparrow and the ghost are on the same page. I honestly don't give a shit about that, right? But I love the fact that you can input the stuff inside um, for your strength, right? There's so many different things that you can do. Now, during this article, he says, let's begin the math, right? Today in Destiny 2, the base recharge rates convert to the stat value of 30 in the new system. Getting to 30 isn't too difficult, though the course for some people, but certainly not you. Uh, we'll ride RNG roller coasters to get the stats that you really want to 30. By chasing good stat rolls, you can get achieved the fast recharge rates available in the game. Today, without needing to use mods, in total possible, it's totally possible to put together a 100% intellect build or a 100% strength build or whatever mobility build without putting any mods on. Meaning you can level up 100% of one thing if that's what you, if that's what you want to go for, okay, without putting any mods on. And then on the mods. On top of that, we'll provide plus 10 to give you stats to help you uh, shore up the stats that you care about, okay? Um, he also goes on and says that the armor migration, okay? And this is what I really liked, okay? He says that they didn't want to take your armor away from you, right? Like, I was going to delete all my armor, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait 
until the game comes out. Because he says, most likely, you're going to be using raid gear. When you're in the raid, you're going to be using armor that you have right now, not 2.0 armor. And I think what what the good part of, of that is, is they're letting you decide. And this is all I'm asking for, right? All these years, they've always taken stuff away from us without asking, right? It's their game, whatever. But when they resetted the exotic weapons and they resetted the game and they resetted our armor and they resetted our light and they resetted all the stuff and they took all the stuff away from us, we never had a choice in the matter. In this setting, with the armor that we have now, okay, you can continue using it, right? And of course, the armor that they have is better than the armor we have now, okay, with the two-point armor because you're going to put the perks in it and stuff. So as you level up through Shadowkeep, and now you're like 800, 850, getting to 900, you are going to make the choices of going, you know what, I think it's time for me to level up the gear because you're not, I don't think you want to keep infusing gear into stuff, right? Constantly infusing all these new pieces of gear into the 2.0. You want to find gear that you have, keep it, and then start keeping it for the end game. So when you start getting to around 900, then you're going to start investing and throwing the stuff that you want into what you want in. So I like that he, he says that you can keep the gear, right? We're not taking it away from you. You can still have it. You can. I'm assuming we can still infuse it, right? So if I have gear right now that's 1.0 or whatever, okay, that I can keep infusing it up to 800, 850, okay? But I'm missing those perks now, right? I can put better perks on the 2.0, but he didn't say that, so I don't know if we can do that. Right, plus the heavy-duty guys that are going to sit around and mess around with the different mods and see what they do, we don't know the actual benefit between the 1.0 and the 2.0 difference. Like, for instance, I spec'd out all my armor for a grenade, so I get my grenade back faster on purpose because I run the armamentarium, and so I like to throw grenades a lot as Titan as an AoE, and I, have a, I run a shoddy, right? right. So I want to know... That if I, if I have a 2.0 armor set and I spec out the same way, are the numbers the same? Do I get the grenade back as quick? Or is it or is it diminishing returns? If I put more mods on about grenades, it doesn't give me the same benefit. Like those are the those are the mathematics that are gonna right. have to come in once the once the super guys come in and start tweaking. I right. I, they're gonna come out with their videos and they're gonna start tweaking stuff and tell you this is the benefit for doing three of this, this is the benefit for doing this and this one. Like those videos are coming. I like, I would like to test out a video where I have a piece of armor from vanilla and then have the same piece of armor 2.0 and try to find the exact same perks and put it on that like chest piece, right? So this static one is the same and then I get the stat and then put the perks the exact same. Then go out and do damage and see if it's the same damage, if it's diminishing damage, whatever it is, I want to try to do that. I will try to do that. When it comes out, okay? In here it says, As the weeks go by, players approach Shadowkeep Power Cap, start finding mods and enhanced perks. Uh, we think that's when the most investment progression chasing players will start to move over. Players can totally mix and match between new armor and old armor that they have today as well. For players with without perfectly rolled gear, we think transition to the new armor system is only they'll make it pretty quickly. And then for long form playtesting internal teams inside the thing, they said that's what was happening. Um, it says, uh, have found that they've used the current armor on their main guardian, but rapidly switched to armor 2.0 on their less playable alts. Well, yeah. The first character you use, you're going to use your old armor. And then as you unlock armor, you're just going to throw it to your other alts. 
and then you're right. and then you're not going to use it anymore. So it it does a natural cleansing, right? But I I feel great that they're doing it that way. Now he says here with uh with how I play is crude mix of fashion, function, and economy efficiency. I really invest resources in an item until it's an item I know I want to use. I don't infuse very often unless I need specific pieces slash roles for any activity. I do not have a favorite class. I play all three, and I tend to rotate them based on the most effective way. That's the way he wants, or doesn't want you to play, but that's the way he plays. Uh, and that right there is exactly how I play. But he's a, he's a World of Warcraft guy, right? No, So now... He says, the pursuit of power increases players' agency. Uh, we like to act chasing power in the stats for your build by something you have a bit more agency for or over. Not a full-blown play whatever you want all the time because that means just uh, means people just find the most effective thing rather than dipping their toes in a bunch of different activities. And I've said this the whole time. You want the tool for the right job, but certainly less restrictive than it's been in the past. We've also had a long-standing challenge in Destiny uh, of making XP matter, and that feels like a real growth opportunity for us and dig into something we wanted to look for a while. This section has discussed the power and changes coming to this fall. Part one, powerful sources, primes, and in-world. Like I mentioned in part one, the number of powerful sources in Destiny 2 ballooned during the annual pass, and we're curating down the sources in Shadow Keep. Our target is to get a number of powerful sources closer to Forsaken launches levels in Forsaken, as you overlevel the activity, meaning your power gets higher than the activity, the activity rewards would become less valuable. Uh, the inverse was also true at beginning underleveled. If Shadowkeep, uh, we've changed that. Instead of the system, we'll advertise a consistent expected powerful rewards regardless of your power relative to it. That's a great fix, right? Over the years, we've come to discuss several parts of Destiny in terms of short, medium, and long term. In the simplest terms, short-term goals can be completed in a night or a week. Medium-term goals can take several weeks, and long-term goals can take anywhere from a season to several seasons for some folks like me. Getting good at a part of a game may take a lifetime. It's a personal mastery goal. We think reaching max power can be a medium-term goal for power progression-focused players. For those players, we hope to pursue the stats and someday trying to get out new builds in their long-term goal. I say someday because while they're taking the first steps in building build crafting with the new armor slash mod framework this fall, I think we're going to learn a bunch of items or, or vi uh, viable builds in Destiny requires. Prime engrams. We're doing some minor housekeeping on prime engrams. They begin dropping once you hit 900, so you won't see a prime engram at all from 750 to 900, and you'll accumulate charges for them as you make your way up to 750 or 900. I'm assuming charges is another currency. Uh, oh we've increased the number of prime engrams you've earned in a given week to rebalance the value of each one to account for the increase in volume. World drops, as far as they're contributing to power level, world drops often feel like a waste to get away from, but we've made some changes to allow these drops help players progress beyond the soft cap. World drops in Shadowkeep will have a chance to drop at players' current power level. Uh, here's an example. If a player has overall power level of 912, Gloves are their lowest slot at 906. A player might open a legendary engram and receive a 912 gloves as an increase to six power. So what might what you mean? You mean if whatever lower gear you have, that's what's going to drop. Right. It might. Well, it's going to go for your lowest gear, right? So hopefully you don't get, you know, a 907. Don't tease me by making sense. Right. Don't it won't be a 907. We're making changes because we feel like the world legendaries are a little under under uh, undervalued at the moment, and this isn't a grand of the power progression part two preparing for new light 
once of the essential parts of the new light, crushing the barriers between friends. Today, those barriers will be in power level. Uh, to players, power level can mean we have different goals, so we don't play together. A new character starting at power 10 would naturally feel that they have to go play for hours and hours uh, and before they can play with their friends. Uh, that does not surround, or that does not sound very sweet. It's a telling someone to play a MOBA and then telling them to come back for the last hit. Uh, so we want to get new players and veterans colliding quickly. After Black Armory, we found a deliberate choice to try to do this with each season. Both season and drifter of the season opulence had bounties and boosts up players, power levels with new light, and shadow keep beginning bigger moments and collisions. We're continuing the philosophy of optimizing the mechanics to fit the moment. And here's the big thing. We're setting the power level this fall to 750 for both returning and new players. We want to tell all together, uh, all be together, the Shadow Keep opens, and we want this that means every single item in the game is being raised to the power floor of 750. So right now, do not waste anything to infuse anything, demolish anything, just keep everything. Because everything, that gun that you're trying to get to 750 and you're going to spend materials and stuff is going to be 750 come October 1st automatically. So everything in your vault, everything on your characters, everything comes up to the 750. Everything. Are you sure that's the way it's going to work? It says right here, every item in your inventory and vault is going to automatically jump to 750. It's like free global burst of infusion for all players. Which means... Because that's because of the new light thing, right? That's correct. Why. Which means that's right. Now you could stop spending currency to infuse your gear sets at C tier of weapons that you're keeping around until the patch notes, just in case we were going to be good, right? So don't spend anything. Don't put anything in anything. Keep all your shit. Just dismantle the stuff that you don't want. Keep the best rolls. Uh, we originally had, um, where is this? Uh, da -da -da -da. Okay, the capital, the power level in D1, or light as we called it in D1, has been asked to do a lot over in the years. For the time in D1, it was only things that players had pursued in d1 power slash light meant something in terms of achievement but the badge of honor had its problems for forever 29 viva raid boots etc destiny one put the light power level over players head and drove players to raid and raise it over time we gave players uh, other paths of raising the light power nightfall slash iron banner we took light off the nameplate and made three digits in the taken king trying to turn light into something more than three digits um so let me see. Uh, where does he say here? I'm trying to get to the main point. We have artifacts. Okay, where's the where's the 900 thing that he talks about? Oh, right here. This is the part that's confusing to me. It, the way the way it looks like it was written is that 900 or 9 900 is the max, but there's going to be pinnacle quests to do to get, that get you to a thousand. No, no, no. 950 is the is the cap. Or, or 950. 950 is the and cap. And then there's going to be pinnacle quests to do that get you to a thousand, <laughs> but that only lasts yeah. for the season. So he says, second, the seasonal artifact can reward players' power bonus, but the bonus is not applied to gear, nor does it increase the power of future drops. But instead, to all the characters, this is meant to give players who can't or don't want to play pinnacle activities a seasonal path to power meaning you can get up to 950. Uh, this way, even a player that doesn't play the Raid or Iron Banner or the new event that's coming out, they have redacted, they can still have a high power value for the season. Leveling the artifact to raise your power is meant to be a seasonal character growth. Each season, you'll have a new artifact with new mods to change how you play, and the power bonus will reset. In addition to curating your list of powerful sources, Shadowkeep will also introduce a pinnacle powerful source. These sources are only way to earn gear drops above power 950 in season eight. 
Here's the thinking. Pinnacle reward sites can reward players power above 950. This is a way to reclaim a little bit of the character's power prestige and the initial D1 power climb created. If you inspect a player and see that the gear is 960, you know they've done a bunch of pinnacle activities. It's worth mentioning that this is a raise your power VI pinnacle activities. Other powerful reward sites will continue to drop powerful side grades. We don't know what the side grades and stuff mean. All that said, power in Destiny 2 is still imperfect. We're making some adjustments to the year for Shadowkeep. Things like seasonal pa uh, power bonuses and pinnacle activities rewarding pinnacle power. But when it took, when we look at the future, we still we feel like the power system may benefit from a rework further down the road. There are real real potential for creating more agency for players. Figuring out the power should be prestigious, uh, but not taking out the challenge of how we keep players relative close to uh, together season after season. He also says somewhere here, I think it's the very bottom. Here's something that I miss. This is Luke saying this, and him saying this means a lot because I've bitched about this the entire time, and knowing that the director feels the same way is good signs of where it might be going. Here's something I miss from D1, he says. Filling bars on my items and using materials to level the items up, right? He says that, that straight up. That was the original Destiny. Right. He says he misses that, and he's the head of the company. So hopefully, going to the future... Okay, now I'm not saying they're going to implement this right now, but him saying he misses this and this is the way he wanted to do it. I say the materials are meant to hunt for powerful roles could go on longer. I think waiting and needing materials is a good thing. And I do, too, as long as you know what you can do to pursue that material. I'm glad we're getting a little more of that back in Destiny with Shadowkeep. So I'm excited for that, right? Because like I said, when I talked to him back then, and he talked to me, I was like, this guy is going to go places, but he wasn't director then, right? He was just in charge of that small section of Taken King. Um, so now he's in charge of Destiny. And I trust, right, in my vision, and I've said this multiple times, right, that I, 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 put, I put Destiny on a pedestal because I, I want them to, to hit their full potential, right? And knowing that Luke Smith... Is leading the leading the he's driving the car or driving the bus. Okay, he wants the same thing. He wants their full potential, and they had something in D one, and they're trying to go back to it. So I really do like that um, uh, in the overall in the overall thing. Uh, what time is it right now? Yeah, it's about eight minutes. All right, so <clears throat> I have what they're changing in the armor real fast. Armor changes in more of a bullet like form. <laughs> Uh, so mobility increases your movement speed and jump height. Resilience determines how much damage you can take, basically your health. Measures how quickly uh, recovery matches your your shields recharge. Discipline increases the speed, um, the speed of your grenade ability. Intellect increases the speed of your super cooldown, and strength increases the speed of your melee ability cooldown. Um, they're raising the cap for glimmer. Obviously, because they're raising the cap for Glimmer, this means that they're going to be... Stuff could cost more. It's going to cost more. I'm a, I'm a, I saw in the video, it said Ascended Shards. Okay? God, please don't bring now, that back. Now, when they had Master Core, Master Work Cores, and then they changed them to Enhancement Cores, and there was a problem with Enhancement Cores, and they gave us more value to get the Enhancement Cores. Now, to level up your 2.0 armor, you need Ascended Shards. Now, my thing is, that's another currency. Okay. Another currency. Another currency that they put in. Who knows how many currencies they're putting in. But I feel that the Ascended Shards 
are going to be the exact same problem that we had with the enhancement cores back in the day because you need the ascended shards to get to level 10. We don't know what you and need. That, that's, and that's the time gate. And right. that's your time gate. And we don't know when or how yet, obviously, to get that ascended shards and how often they drop or what you have to do to get them. Is it once a week? Is it a nightfall? Is it a thing? Is it is it going to be as the same as when Enhancement or Masterwork cores came out to adjust? Because that's what you're doing. You're masterworking your gear to level 10 so you can put more perks and stuff into it. So I'm a little... I think the max is like five ascended shards to get it up to that point, I believe. But how often are you getting those, right? They showed us a video and they're like, oh yeah, I'm level 10. Right. But what they don't tell you is it's sort of like if someone tells you how to draw something, they're like, one I just want, I want a yeah. cow with a hat on it and right. then with sunglasses. One a week, one a week plus nightfall. Right. That that's that's the kind of stuff again, just like it was before, like from, yeah. from D one. Where do I get a sentence charts from? Mark my oh, words. I, I gotta run Vault of Glass. Mark my words. October it comes out. I only run only run it three times a week. By November, mid November, December, everyone will be talking. Lona will have conversations about this just like he did last year, about intensity intentionality behind giving us more ways of getting ascended shards, right? This is going to happen. I'm, I'm telling you now, my vision is seeing it, ascended shards with the new enhancement core perks, and I don't like that. I don't like that we're doing the exact same thing over and over. It's like a fucking because, right, broken record. Because we record. didn't learn anything from the first time. We just changed the words, but the but the action is the same. Right. So it's, it's a little off-putting to me, okay? Adding mods. Let's hope, let's hope they don't do it. Let's now, hope they don't repeat the same thing. Now, Adding mods, what do you think about this, Sarge, right? Like, once you get the mod, you have the mod, yeah, right? Yeah, see, this, this is the problem, right? It's one way or the other, right? And either way, it doesn't make sense to me. Either if I get the mod, I have the mod, that's it, and I can put the mod on whatever I want. Right. But they're going to charge me Glimmer every time I put it on something. Right. Which makes no sense. Right. Or, right. You own it. Right. Or I'm hunting for the actual mods like we are right now, and once I put it on a weapon, it's disposable, then I have to buy another one. See, that's what I think it should be. Also, And that's also a currency that I have to spend. Right. So this is the way I think the mods should work. I know they say that the mods are there, and once you have them, you have them. In my vision, in my world, when I came up with this idea four years ago, I always said mods – and then they put mods in. I say, well, this is stupid how you're doing the mods, right? So the mod should be what you're going for, right? And the mod should drop in lost sectors, public events, and other things, right? They should have intentionality of where they drop. So if you're if you're a void build and you know that this boss has a potential drop of the void and you have a 10% chance if you play easy mode, you have a 25% chance if you play normal mode, you have a 50% chance if you play hard mode, but if you play heroic mode, then you would have like a 75% chance, meaning if you ran it one, maybe two times, you would get the perk that you want, right? And then you would have that, and you could run that as many times as you want because then you would have a stack of that mod that you wanted, right? Because if you really wanted that perk, you would go grind for that perk and you had intentionality to know where that perk was, right? That's the way it should be. Instead, now you're running the vents for the armor and you're looking for a better armor, okay? It's going to be better armor and you're looking for different roles of armor and then once you have the the perk, you have the perk. It's going uh it's going to turn into 100 different types of bounties or mats and mods. Yeah, it's Again, here they are. They're coming up with a with a good a good solution, but they're making it convoluted again, right? They're 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 making it harder because now you're they're looking to make you grind, 
but yet they're getting less grind, meaning there's going to be a grind somewhere else where there's going to be less drops for something, Ascended Shards, all right, to get the stuff, right? Or the role that you're looking for, which it should be the role you're looking for for the piece of gear. That's every piece of gear, three flavors, plus the mods, three flavors. And if the solar drops from the Nightfall on right, Venus... Right now, you're not talking about now. You're not talking about just the mod. Now you're talking about the color has to match the color of the mod as well. Right. So now, if there's if let's just say there's 30 <laughs> mods, there's really 90 mods because correct one of each color. Like, does it is it necessary to do that? Really? Right. Do you remember the thing we had before? We would just flick a switch if I wanted void or not. Yeah. Uh, I, I chose what I wanted the mod to have. You wanted to have void. You wanted to have arc. Here. And you flick the switch, and we're done. What? Why? Why do we have to overcomplicate it? All they had to do, the right? They all they don't. all they had to do, raise the glimmer, get the mods, put a perk on it, play glimmer to make it to make it arc, to make it solar, to make it void. That's all you had to do. Mats and thing, and you change the stuff as you, and then if I have this perk on it, and I take this perk off, and I put this perk on, I've lost this perk. Now I have to go grind for it again, right? But everyone's like, I don't want to do that shit. I just want to run and shoot the same boss a hundred times and get nothing for it, right? Like it makes no sense to me that it seems like the player base doesn't understand what a what intentionality of grind is because right now, once you get the mod, you have the mod. So now they've cut that out, right? Once you get the role that you want, you already have the mod. So now there's no intentionality to run for that anymore, right? So, yes, there's a grind there, but you're not going to level up 50 pieces of gear, right? Because just not, because there's not enough... Because right, you're, you're time-gated, because we don't know what the Ascended Shard is The Ascended Shard is going to be the... the is going to be the and breaks. Don't, and, and don't think and don't think I didn't notice that it's the same it's the same picture from D1 except they put the exotic color behind it. Right. Like right. it's supposed to be fucking special. It's not fucking special. Right. So... That's why I think that we're going to have problems with the mods. Um, the perks are the same, right? I, Again, I'll say it a thousand times till the day I'm blue in the face until they put it in the game. Leveling the gear is what you need. Again, let me say it again because they're going to change this. This is going to be the armor, and they're going to change the weapons down the road. You know they are, okay? Because this is going to be like... Uh, Destiny but, three year yeah, but, one. But you're, yeah, but what you're really doing is going back to Destiny one. Right. You have to. You had. You it, had to use the gun in order to unlock the perks. Now you had to use the armor in order to unlock the perks. The experience you got from killing stuff unlocked the perk, and it didn't matter because you were shooting stuff anyway. Right. And then you used the mote of light to bump it up, so you didn't have to grind as long. That was its buffer. You got motes of light. <laughs> You pop the motes of light, I right. leveled up quicker. Right. But at least I, I'm working with the gear. Is this cool? Is this perk good? I don't know. I don't like this perk. Let me change this perk. I don't like the gun anymore, period. Next gun. Now you don't care. Right? Right. But the next, the next gun, same gun, has two different perks. Oh, perfect balance. Ooh, perfect balance on an auto rifle. I'll be able to, I'm going to level this one up. Right? Or instead of instead of actually leveling up the gun immediately you just grinded out moats remember you grinded moats and then when you felt like it you just dumped it all into the weapons you wanted you loaded up your guy with all the all the rookie gear okay you loaded it all up and then you just popped all the moats and it leveled everything at the same time it's not like you were leveling one thing at a time everything that you kill or <clears throat> did in the game leveled up everything you were wearing right it, it, to me here, they, they talk about how there's an article that, that Brain sent me that talked about how they felt 
overworked. Like they couldn't hit the the thing, right? And here's my thing: you're overworked because you had artists and team members create all the white weapons, all the green weapons, all the blue weapons, right? All the armor, all the guns, all, all the white, green, blue, all have names, all have designs, all have stuff, and they're absolutely no use for useless. any of them. They're useless, right? Useless. Okay. In my world, you've created those guns, and those are the same guns. If they're white, if they're green, if they're blue, if they're purple, if they're exotic, same name. They change the name when they become exotic, right? But you're leveling it up. You would level it up just like you're doing now, just like in D1, level up stuff, unlock stuff, it progresses. Attentionality. I'm using this gun. This is the gun I'm using. I'm leveling it up. Boom. It's, 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 it's green now. Using it, using it, using it. Boom. It's blue now. So on and so forth. Same with the armor. It would have been fantastic. The grind, you're playing the game anyway. You would have less guns that you made because all the guns that you made, all the visuals that you used, they would all be viable. Every single one in the game. Know how many hours? Hundreds and thousands of hours they've created these things and they just scrap them. You talked about this earlier. When blue gear drops or green gear drops, it should automatically... Just give me the parts. Why am I picking up a blue thing? It puts it in my inventory, and then I have to hit the button to delete it, right? Makes no sense, right? Scrap it. Scrap the white, the green, the blue. Just make it parts, whatever it is. I pick it up. It does it automatically and, and gets rid of it. Because once I'm, I'm max light, I don't need anything of that. I don't need that sort, right? It just makes no sense. They've taken time with stuff in the game that you don't need to take time for. Like, you made viable weapons. Imagine if you had the Ace of Spades as a white gun. It's just called the Ace, right? And you level it up, and then you get to choose if you want to make an exotic, right? There's not exotic weapons. You make exotic weapons. There is no exotic weapons. In D1, the green stuff would automatically dismantle. Yeah, not until year three, right? Not until year three. It wasn't like that in D1, year one. <laughs> so imagine every gun started off as white and you get to either implement how you want to put the perks in, like your armor is, okay? Or you find one in the wild. I found a purple ace in the wild. It already has the perks filled out. I can't do anything to it, but I can decide if I want to make it an exotic and then I get to pick the perk and boom, I make it exotic. Now I have the ace of spades, right? It's a journey. It's a journey through the thing for each of the stuff, right? It's each it's each of the stuff. Yeah, you're going to be laughing because when 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 if and when this portion of the game does well and they go do exactly what we're talking about right now where you're going to level up the gun the way you want to level up the gun, right? That way everybody everybody's god roll is possible just with time. With time. Just with time. You could roll you could run it five hundred times and try to get that perfect roll, or you put in the thirty hours. He said during the actual director's cut, okay, he said short term, medium term, and long term goals, right? Leveling up your guns would take a season. A season to level up a gun, right? To finish that gun to get it to where it was your perfect god roll. And every day you get on, you're like, I'm working on this gun because I want this gun to be exotic. Right? You can run it 40 but, times, but the, 400 but times. The immediate, but the immediate retribution to that is going to be it's too grindy. The game's too grindy. I don't like it. The game's too grindy. You don't the have game, to the, do that, grindy. though. That's my point. But that's their defense. That's the defense. As soon as somebody implements this and they say, well, this is, you can make up your own guy roll. Everyone's like, you can't just make up your own guy roll. Where's the chase? The chase Where's is the chase? your time. Your chase is your time. And if you don't want the time, 
then go run 40 matches. Go run 100 matches. Go run 400 times. If that's how you want to choose to use your time to maybe get the role, and I use my time to put 40 hours in to get the role, what's the difference? Time is time. Unless you're lucky and you get a random role, you still got to get the perfect role. I feel, I just feel that when I see these, uh, these, uh, like when MTash and Data do these things where they open, where they look at 200 of the same gun. How much time do you think they put in two, there? Two, 200 of the same gun. Yeah. And he couldn't get a god roll. Yeah. How much if, time if, do you now, think they put in there? Spent, now, now, if he spent that much time leveling up just a gun. Just leveling up a gun. So get his god roll, he would have it. Right. Absolutely. And the same because, amount of time. Because you would do it faster. Because you're killing things. And as you're killing things, you're collecting things, your thing's going up. While you're doing this, where you're doing strikes and you're just running, trying to get the, the drop, and you try to get the drop, you're doing nothing. You get engrams, nothing. You're opening up stuff, nothing, okay. right? It's And then you get the one goal, and you're like, ah, oh. here you see a bar. You're like, oh, man, five more hours, man. I got this. I got this, right? And then you get it. It's that easy. It's exactly like, well, not exactly like, but sort of like the, you wouldn't do stupid things like 10 gambit matches. You would literally, the more you wear it, the more you kill shit, the more you do stuff with it, the more strikes you go through, the more things you go through, you would level it up. <clears throat> so, play elite or something like a angle grinder grit, right? It would send a section of the bungee with the petition. I mean, all they have to do is put the level back in, right? So as you're grinding, if you want certain drops to happen, for instance, if MTash ran heroic, okay, that thing would drop every two matches, one and a half to two matches, right? But if you ran it on normal, it would do every five matches, a potential of dropping every five matches, right? The higher the difficulty, because it's time it's your time if i run five normal matches it's gonna take an hour and a half if i run two heroics it's gonna take me an hour and a half you see what i'm saying like that's what it is no one sees this it's about time investment that's what it is that's what it is it's time investment 10 hours here 10 hours there however you want to do it it's still 10 hours to get the fucking thing but people don't see it that way people don't see it that way all right so the next thing I want to talk about is the microtransactions. This is the last topic, okay? Last topic. How microtransactions, this topic says how microtransactions are good for Destiny 2. What I don't like, and this is a blurred line, and he says it, he says it in the, in the thing. Let me go back to it real fast. Uh, where is it in the first? Uh, proof customizations. He says, timeout. Before I go on, I want to interject, and it seems I was, uh, the, uh, like some of the comments in part one of the microtransactions are being misconstrued. Maybe I wasn't clear enough, and maybe I felt ambiguous. Let's try to clear it up right here. Okay, Destiny has and will continue to have weapons, armor, ghost ships, sparrows, and shaders that you can earn from activities to prove to the people looking at your character that you did the thing. Whatever that thing is, I beat the raid, I did the nightfall, I earned the Iron Banner, I played a ton of Crucible, I wanted to gather uh, rain in my shoulder pads, so I played Gambit a ton. I made sweet whatever, okay? Let me be crystal clear. This is not changing. What we are doing, though, with the new armor system is saying, find the perks you want, find the armor look you want from the mega list of currently available D2 armor, meaning everything in the game right now from D2 start to right now, strikes, sectors, raids, nightfalls, whatever, sets on the planets are all still in the game, you can re-earn all of those 2.0 armor, okay? And you can have those by just earning them again, okay? Now, the items, uh, he says, Destiny also has microtransaction store, which are other things that they've created. Yes, they're not in the game for you to earn, but there's already a shit ton of stuff 
for you to earn in the game, okay? Like ships, sparrows, emotes, ghosts, holograms, weapons, universal uh, ornaments. The items that are store rotate and can be purchased with silver or bright dust. And starting this fall, bright dust is just another in-game currency. Another currency. Okay. That you can earn by completing bounties instead of buying a bunch of engrams and sharding them for generate dust. Okay. In Shadowkeep, there are armor sets, weapons, ghost ships, and sparrows coming from the destinations and activities. Meaning, in Shadowkeep, there's going to be new sets of gear. There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Duplis says, we are also won't be getting bright dust for dismantling stuff from the bright engrams anymore. We're only going to get bright dust from bounties now. Yeah, that's fine. This is the same system right now that's in Fallout 76. Fallout 76... Okay, if you want stuff in the Atom Store or the Eververse, whatever you want, we'll use the example here. In in Fallout 76, you do activities in the game. You don't break anything down to get the dust to get atoms. You have to do stuff in the actual game. They give you atoms. You take those atoms. Once you get a whole bunch of atoms together, you go to the store and go, I want to purchase this. Direct purchased. I want to purchase this thing. I purchased that thing. If you do not want to put the time into getting those cosmetic items, you can pay 10 bucks. You can put 10 hours in, or you can put 10 bucks in, right? Time. It's the same fucking thing. What's your time worth, okay? I don't have a problem with this. The problem I do have with the blurred line is, I use this as an example. Let's say Vault of Glass has that armor set, and they artists created that Vault of Glass armor set, and you're like, oh, that looks pretty good. Looks cool, right? But then they have a Vault of Glass set in the Eververse, that's just fucking phenomenal, right? And you're like, why isn't that that, right? Like, why isn't that badass piece this piece instead? Instead, they've taken it. I, I don't want to say taken out of the game, but they've chose to make a different one that's a better version so you can purchase it microtransaction-wise or get Bright Dust in the game to purchase it. That is the balance that I have that I'm like, <sighs> me, as a 41-year-old gamer... I have a hard time wrapping my head around something like that when everything, when I was growing up, if I wanted it, I earn it. I earn it, okay? And I like the bright dust, but I want to know how much bright dust you're getting. Like in 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 uh, in Fallout 76, I got to put in about five hours, five hours time over like a week or two weeks, okay? Like each week, five hours to get the atoms that I want. You can earn about 500 Right, about 500, 560, I think it is a week. If you do the weeklies every week and then the dailies every day, you can earn a lot. You can earn actually over about a thousand, okay, throughout the week. If you put the time in, then you can buy what you want, right? And maybe you can put an extra bonus in, or you just wait, unless you're waiting for that fear of missing out because they're going to put a time stamp on it where it's like in five days this won't won't exist anymore, and you're like, I gotta run and do my bright dust stuff, and that's what I don't like. Right? If they do stuff like that where this one's missing out in five hours or five days or whatever, you have this ball. I don't I don't really like that, but I get it. I get it. What do you think about the, the system, Sarge, as far as earning the dust in the game? And if you have bright dust right now, anything with bright dust in your system, delete it now. Because you're not going to get that dust after it comes out. So make sure you delete all dust stuff now. All right. So, so for me, you, you already know how I feel about microtransactions. Yeah. But outside of that, outside of that. I, I've noticed that if I grind, if I if I grind a lot, 
and I get a lot of year one bright engrams, right? And my, my thing is I don't I don't break them down when I first get them. Like I, I empty out everything and then I see how long it takes me to fill it, right? I get rid of my primes, but I keep the bright one year the bright one year year one engrams, right? And so what I'll do is it probably takes me maybe about four hours, four or four and a half hours of really good, not fucking around grinding right. to get the XP bar up. And when I break them all down, I notice I get maybe about four or five of the credit cards for Eververse. Right. Right? So if you go into the Eververse thing, you notice that the one that costs, the one that will give you 150 Bright Dust costs seven of those. Right. Right? The one that costs 70 is three or four of those. Right. And the ones that are single are 20 bucks each. Right. Or, or, or yeah, yeah, the one that costs one of those is 20 Bright, is 20 bright Dust. So for me, I'm like, well... It's cost effective just to do the big, the big one than it is to do a couple of small ones, right. right? So I end up doing like the the seven and the four, and then I don't buy the rest. I just save, right? So you could probably get about maybe if you were no lifing it, you could probably get maybe like eight hundred a week, eight hundred bright this week, and that's not counting if you get the lucky one where when you open up a bright one year engram that it gives you actual bright dust, like a 250 or a right. 300, I would think you could probably get about 800 a week. I, under, under, without without going, like, you have a job and kids. I think, like you're... yeah, I think what I'm going to do from this point on, because I don't have to get any armor, I don't have to do anything, I think I'm just going to do the bright dust every day, the dailies, every day, save up all my bright dust, so when it comes out, I'll have enough bright dust to buy whatever, I'll have a, ba a backing. Well, that's what you should do now, anyway. Like, right. you should be Materials. You should be liquefying. You should be liquefying everything. Liquefy everything and get go to go materials, to the materials, yeah. materials, go to the, materials. Go to, materials. go to Spider with a, with a full glimmer load and figure out what are those, which one of those materials that you don't have enough. And of buy them all. And buy them. Yeah. And just fill up. Fill I would up. probably get. I'd probably get three stacks of every every planet. I think would be. I'm enough. gonna try to get a thousand of everything. A thousand of everything. Well, that's that's one stack. A stack is nine nine nine. Yeah. 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 Two, two, two or three stacks. You want three thousand of each each material of each planet. Two or three uh, stacks of each planet should be plenty. We, we, we can do that. Plenty. Do that void class, yeah, but you, baby. But, void but class. even to, but to get the bright dust, let's say you focused right now. Like if we decided right now, all I'm focusing on is getting bright dust, right? So you have to open up bright year one engrams, which means you have to be doing the activity. Well, those bounties you can do for her as well. No, 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 no. I get that. Yeah. But but in order to buy those bounties, yeah, you, you want to level up cards. Yeah. You need to get those cards. The cards only come from the bright year one engram. Correct. They don't come from anything else. Right. So you can only get so many a week because you got to level your guy up as fast as possible. So you have to be grinding stuff that gives you the quick XP. You can't be running strikes all day. You got to be doing public events right. and yellow bosses. Yep. That's how I got mine up. Right. Like I was doing public events as quickly as possible. I got, I got four or five and, the other day when I was doing yellow it. bosses. Yellow when I, bosses. When I was playing like, Gambit, uh, I was I was doing the it. The forges. The forges do well. Yeah, the forges level you up quick. Yeah, because there's a lot of yellow bars. Oh, I, yeah, Hunter, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get as much bright dust. We know that, right? That's what Fallout does. Fallout no, but, doesn't but help. We're you. trying to say like how many like how, right. logistically like Dupus probably knows he probably grinded enough. Like I'm I'm guessing about 800 a week. Like if I if I wait till this week's reset yeah. Tuesday it, and I said and it'll probably okay, cost my normal schedule my normal schedule. I'm going to just play casual for the week. I'm going to mark down how much bright dust I have. And at the end of the next the, the next reset, I'll write down my number again, and I'll see how much I made. The, the problem is, let's just say you get 800 a week, and then they're selling something in the Eververse, and it costs 2000 right? 
you're going to have to either not buy the thing because it's gone after the week, right? Or you have to wait for it to come back around, right? And that's that's the fear of missing out, and that's when people will start buying yes. stuff and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I haven't bought a lot of stuff at all. Like I buy, I bought one or two things. I bought like the... I just spent five thousand on the. Uh... No. Uh, on the, I think I think I have about fourteen on the, on the orb stuff. I spent five thousand on the on the, the the lights. I have I have about fourteen thousand. That's what I have. Yeah, I had I had twelve. I have like two left. I think. Yeah, dude, <clears throat> it costs that much, but is it something that really benefits you? Like, do you really want it because it's pretty? So, are, 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 that's basically teaching you as a kid. We're teaching you: is your money worth right. this item? If you want it, just like in real life. If you want just it, like in real life, you can either your, buy it. It's your hours and hours of working towards this item. Is this item worth it? Right. Like for instance, if I if I compare it to my kid, if he wants it right now, right, he's got to got to buy it and he's got to earn that money, right? Clean your room, do some chores, whatever, right? Or he can wait, which is like grinding. And he can wait for a birthday. Or Christmas, right? Meaning he's waiting months and months. You can have it right now. You do your chores. You clean it up. You can get this gift right now. Or you wait months and you get it for your birthday or for Christmas, right? It's the exact same thing. So if you miss it out and you feel like you're missing out on something that you want to buy, just buy it, right? That's where microtransactions come in. If you want to earn it, then you earn it. And then if you missed out on it, it takes months. you got to wait months, months and months before it. you get it back, right? That's that's the way I look at it. That's the way I see it. I, I don't like buying anything. I like earning my stuff, but that's just the way I, I was brought up. On that note, that is the end of Generation X Gaming, a weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories in the past week, and we rant along the way. Episode 181 is in the can. I do appreciate you guys coming out. You can be here every single week at mixer.com slash 30 and still gaming. If you missed any of this, you can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or anchor.fm. Uh, yeah, we're going to be doing Crota after this. We're going to take about a 10 to 15 minute break. I'm going to get a drink and a whole bunch of other stuff. And then uh, we'll come back and sit down and start playing Destiny. I do appreciate you guys very much. What I'm looking for right now, guys, is we need a title for this show. I want to see some item, uh, some ideas in the chat. So I'll write that down and then we'll put that as the title of the show when it goes live up on YouTube and iTunes and such. I do appreciate you guys watching and listening. Hit that follow button if you haven't hit it already. Share this with your loved ones and friends. And after that, we'll see you in just a bit. Thanks for watching. Take care, guys. They're two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years experience. Join them each week as they discuss and write about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming.